State your name, please. Peter Reuter. Can you tell me again what year you come from? I'm a time traveler. I come from the year 2062. Case 63, starring Julianne Moore and Oscar Isaac. Out now, only on Spotify. Start the radio side as well. Mm-hmm. David Gosling, silent listen, welcome. Jules, nice to see you. And the super chat is open. Robert Jorgensen, welcome to the SOR chat. I hope that's a soft J. Uh, super chat is open, and uh, we appreciate that. And for everybody who helps us on out with that, and I'm still getting used to this new computer here. Um, wants me to do a restart. I just did a restart right before the show. Gosh darn it. But that's okay. We'll get it in schedule in time with us. <clears throat> Happy birthday to Jordan Ashley Pettit. Happy birthday, Jordan. Happy, 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 happy birthday. And if you haven't shopped later, uh, recently at our website, I think I'm going to put some new swag up soon. I'm feeling creative. So let's get that done. But first, we got Geraldine coming up. Hi, Marty Burback. And, of course, you know she's going to have beautiful hair. She always does, even when she's ill. Horns up, everyone. Let's rock. of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a busy show for you tonight as Geraldine Orozco and the Spiritual You will be here for hour number one. Then in hour number two, Super Duke Sullivan and Robin McRae will come on in for an extended version of the Cryptid Report. Swamp Dweller will be around and of course Shirky Poo will have the news. Each and every month we bring in Geraldine Orozco from Bay Area Meditation in San Francisco, California. We've been doing this for about six years now, and Geraldine provides some excellent insight and professionalism into everything from self-healing, yoga, and everything to do with our own bodies, to extraterrestrial contact, hybridization programs, and everything in between. She is one of the stalwarts when it comes to knowledge and basis on what is happening to the human body, both with 
what we're dealing with on a daily basis, as well as what we are also dealing with on an extraterrestrial basis. Her website is GeraldineRosco.com, and we'll get to Geraldine momentarily. Then in hour number two from World Bigfoot Radio, we have Super Duke Sullivan, and we'll introduce Robin McRae back to you guys to have a little bit of fun talking Bigfoot and Sasquatch in hours two and three. Let's get to Geraldine right here. My friend Geraldine Orozco, I know you're not feeling that well, but uh, you know what? You're a trooper, a big trooper for coming on Spaced Out Radio tonight. How are you? Hi, Dave. Thank you so much. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. Unfortunately, I came down with a little flu, um, but I will be better very soon. Well, you know what? It's uh, what a trooper, you know, just this is what uh, you'd be make a good hockey player. You know, just you're battling the, the elements right now and you're getting through everything. But by God, you're not giving up on the show. And we appreciate that. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me once again. Oh, no problem. You know, uh, for you, uh, you come on here every month, and I know you're very dedicated to this show and, and everything that you do. You know, you have a, a, a busy and tumultuous schedule that is always going on with appointments and people you're helping and healing. You know, where do you find time for yourself every now and again? Yeah, you know, my, uh, well, to be honest, my, my day is uh, structured early in the morning, a two hour meditation that starts off my life um, in a state of calm balance and allows me to have a strong foundation emotionally, mentally and physically throughout my day. So really, Dave, I would say that I spread out, let's say, personal care throughout my entire day. In the morning, two hours, I, uh, you know, have a very busy day seeing clients. And usually I'll make some time in an afternoon just to check in um, and an hour in the evening before I go to bed. But really, I, I really try to maintain mindfulness as a way of being, as a stay of being. Well, you'll be happy to know I am down seven pounds. In the last wow, three congratulations. weeks. Congratulations. That's so I great. I am. And, and be careful because, like, I'm lifting weights again. I'm lifting weights. Wow. And uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting into a, a proper eating and health schedule and uh, I'm taking supplements. And, and uh, uh, be careful because the next time you see me, I'm going to look buff. I'm going to look buff and, and, and ever more handsome than the last time you saw me. You're always very handsome, Dave. Thank you. That's so wonderful. I can't wait to see your beautiful transformation. That's going to be exciting. Well, and healthy. This is the health is yeah. important. Muscle is very important in our old age. Yeah, as we're getting older. Well, speak for yourself. I mean, you still look like you're. <laughs> you still look like you're 25. I look like I'm 78, going on 50. You know. No, not quite. But you know, we're 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 good. We're aliens. We're living long, right, Dave? Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. We gotta we gotta do that uh, for the sake of the people around us and and everything like that. You know, one of the things I want I want to talk about tonight with you is you know I mortality. Because a lot of us, Geraldine, we question our own mortality when we go through tough times in life, when we go through, you know, uh, family tragedy or anything along those lines. You know, it's very easy for us 
in today's uh, genre to to get down, depressed, and and really, really dislike ourselves for who we are, what we become, what we haven't accomplished. You know, we see our friends driving expensive cars, or or they have the expensive truck and trailer, and they're going camping at fancy campgrounds every weekend, or they have all the toys, or they're you know they're flying and jetting off to Mexico or Hawaii once, twice, three times a year. Uh, that creates a lot of jealousy. I mean, for a lot of people out there, life has become really about, you know, keeping up with the Joneses. You have to have the right, the right phone, the right hairdo, the right, the right clothing, the right vehicle. You know, uh, it's really a competitive life out there that has drawn the attention to a lot of new styles of depression and anxiety. Have you been checking this out? Well, you know, Dave, I think that's the narrative that has been sold to us by social engineering and society and entertainment industry, but I'm not sure that this is the truth that we all need to adhere to anymore, and I think a lot of people are actually not adhering to that reality anymore. Um, Nobody wants to keep up with the Joneses anymore because the Joneses is an institution. It's a construct of belief system that's being broken down. And I think it's interesting to see how our world is changing in such a rapid manner that our youth is actually standing up and having more voices, talking about um, no longer just going along with uh, these ideas that are that are kind of an old construct of thinking, you know. Um, I think it's important that we question everything that we believe in. This is part of that programming that we talk about many times, matrix programming, any kind of programming that maintains humanity in kind of a hypnosis in a sleep of under of believing that we need to focus on external material image uh you know whatever it is like that's all of those things are are things that always lead to no end they they are not fulfilling and they're not something that um provides long-term satisfaction not even for the body mind or soul Um, And I think a lot of people understand that. And I think we're changing our values. I think values in the world are changing into something more holistic, more healthy way of living, more conscious way of living, something that is more mindful. We're not just consuming blindly without understanding the consequences of our consumerism, you know. And I think that's really important. I think it's important to shift from that thinking as a collective. Um, Thankfully, I feel that we were in that. We're in that place now. I think many people are going in that direction. Uh, you know, I, I think we're we're starting to open up more spiritually and everything. But I still think, you know, we're we're still following, you know, the the major trends. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, and I I could start big debates with this, you know, with uh, electric vehicles where everybody and their dog now, even though they can't afford it, has to have it has to have a Tesla or or a a Mustang uh, Mach-E or, or something or the new Mercedes one or or the new BMW one. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of these uh, trends that are continuing because we always want to be the first on the block to have it or or oh damn it, my neighbor just got the Tesla that I wanted and now I got to go get it. I got to spend all this money to put a charger in my house. I mean, there is a lot of anxiety going on right now with just trying to keep up. Never mind the. Pol- 
political state of everything and and you know which is a gong show in North America both in Canada and the United States uh you know I mean how do we just shut things off and just allow life to happen Well, I think the answer is right there in what you were mentioning. It's it's actually the political uh, economic state, actually, that brings these ideas that free energy is something that is non, non-reachable. Uh, as you know, corporations have been monopolizing energy and cars, uh, electric cars, and all this technology for, uh, you know, a few couple centuries. Um, and... You know, even, even though we're just now coming into a trend, it, it, it's it's seemingly a trend now um, because it's inevitable for this information to come into mainstream and also for our environment. Um, but, you know, these are things that are necessary in our world, these changes. Um, it's not. And so our emotional state should not be at the mercy of these major world changes that we have to go through collectively. It's not so much about trends. It should be more about what's good for the collective, which is the environment. Having uh, cars that are based on free energy, not not petroleum based or, you know, uh, having to, uh, you know, gas all of these companies and corporations that are monopolizing these systems. Um you know, this is, it's a very intricate system that is interconnected with many other industries. Um, you know, so those are the industries that pay millions and billions of dollars a year uh, into marketing in, tor- in order to create these stressful uh, social uh, ideas that people are adhering to, which is a facade, which is a, it's an illusion. It's a lie, right? Because um, what, what humanity is really waking up to today is taking a look at, you know, kind of sobering up to the reality of the consequences of our consumerism and also the choices that we're making. And we're taking a look at the reality behind these industries that monopolize these systems in order to make a more, uh, you know, educated choice in regards to how we are living how we are how we are getting the food that we eat, the corporations that we support, uh, the lifestyles that we have. And I think that we're looking at having making sustainable choices is definitely the way to go now. So um, even though this this concept of sustainability is is also becoming a trend, it's become a trend in more wealthier communities, you know, like California and New York and all these major, uh, you know, like Silicon Valley, of course, where, you know, this is kind of used and made into a business. I think we need to remember for a moment and pull away from those things uh, that what's important is that our choices have to be made from heart-centered choices that are good, not only for the well-being and health of ourselves, but also our families and our, our, our cities, our communities. We need to begin to think more in this terms of communities. What is good for the collective? And uh, choose from there. So I would say that this is something that actually has to start from the inside out. Now that we this is the information age, we have more than enough information about why we we are where we are today, not only in the economy, politically, um, and also with many of these corporations that monopolize these systems. 
Uh, Geraldine Orozco is here for the Spiritual You tonight. Geraldine, when we uh, take a look at everything that we have gone through, you know, as people and in, in, in our own self, you know, mortality is is very much right there. We all want to make sure that we have things left over. Like I, I could tell you right now, as you know, um, you and I have talked about, my mother is not doing very well right now. And, you know, I look at the mm-hmm. fact of, hey, you know, life is short, you know, and life we shouldn't be, uh, we shouldn't be, um, you know, dictating a lot of, um, a lot of what we see on a daily basis. You know, how do we spiritually cleanse ourselves to focus on, on what we need to be and how we need to get there? Yeah, that's a really great question and a really important one, Dave, because um, it's really when we have these challenging moments in our life, like these major, you know, family situations that kind of highlight, you know, how did we get here? How did we get to this point? Um, you know, these are very, very important moments, not only cyclically in our ancestral lineage, um, if we look at the bigger picture, um, but if we begin to kind of dissect, you know, the kind of things that happen within ourselves emotionally and within our families, we also can begin to understand that things occur in patterns. And I think that one of the one of the most powerful ways to kind of begin to work with these kinds of patterns of suffering that manifest either into illnesses or or family issues, you know, thing, things like this that that we all deal with, every single one of us um, have dealt with at some point in our life. Um, the question is, how do we navigate these kinds of of uh, you know conflicts? And it really comes down to uh, our emotions. Our emotions are actually one of the most important parts of the human expression because they are the energy in motion. They are what bring to life and manifest physically, epigenetically, and also manifesting into the physical realm the kind of experiences that we're going to either continue repeating or changing long term. So health can really begin to manifest into our lives once we begin to address the emotional patterns that bring us into the decisions uh, of the kind of choices that we're having. So how you asked me, how do we, how do we deal with this? You know, how do we handle this and how do we know how to act right? It's coming down to understanding our uh, questions around our core belief systems, around the choices that we make. You know, are these, are the way that we choose things, the way that we feel, the way that we behave daily, is this something that is constructive or is it something that's destructive? This is the question that we need to be having. And if it's something that is continuously causing suffering and conflict for us emotionally, we need to really question how we got to that point. What many of you are going to discover is that this is actually, uh, these 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 kinds of belief systems that we hold on to uh they're they're adopted and they're passed down for many generations and we don't realize the impact of these belief systems until we begin to see illnesses pop up in the family people end up having cancer people end up having some kind of conflicts some kind of other illnesses and really 
uh, it's very interesting to discover that these illnesses, you know, every every illness, I believe, has an emotional uh, somatic root. And um, if we are to be able to reach that root and understand how we ended up with this kind of illnesses or imbalances in our families and conflicts, um, we can reverse we can reverse not only health-wise, individually, what is occurring to us, but we can stop this pattern from occurring again and again, not only with ourselves, but with the next generation, which is our children. So to break it down and make it simple, um, I would say it really comes down to mindfulness. Mindfulness about um, our emotions, why we feel the way that we feel, why do we react the way that we react why do we make the choices we make? These are very important questions that if we connect with ourselves every moment can really begin to change life from a constant state of suffering into a state of peace. Geraldine Roscoe in The Spiritual You. So many of us have troubles finding our own peace and finding what makes us happy and, and what makes us you know, live and, and gives us the the will to to keep on moving when life seems so tough. I mean, how do you find it? I mean, I, how do you find your own happiness? What makes Geraldine happy? Yeah, so, um, you know, this is a question that I had such early, early on, you know, in my personal journey, understanding, you know, what the heck is happiness, you know, and this, the answer to that question, uh, for many people evolves, you know, as you begin to discover and define what happiness means to you. Um, it's very important that we all go through that journey. Because, um, you know, this changes. Uh, what I discover with my clients every single day is that many people, many of us, we don't even know what happiness is. We sometimes the, the feeling of peace can be actually very foreign. The feeling of actual true love can actually be very foreign to us because we've never felt it in our lives. And, um, you know, this is something that if you ask yourself, you know, do I really know what peace is? Have I really, can I say that I actually experienced that in my life? Some of you will, will look back and realize, gosh, I'm not sure I really have. I have an idea of what that might be, um, you know, and, and, and. At Family Dollar, we know you want more to enjoy your summer. That's why you'll find more in every store, like our assortment of ice cream and frozen treats to delight your family. Family Dollar. Helping you do more. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. What you might discover is that many of your ideas about that might be something that you picked up from things that you've heard or things that you know or things that, that you've told as, as a definition of peace. Um, but when you begin to unpack 
for yourself, what that means. You're going to learn so much about you. Um, and one of the things that, that that journey has done for me in my personal journey of discovery is, um, first of all, I discovered that peace is or, or harmony is not something that's found external to me. I, and when I found that out, you know, it was very shocking because I expected that I would learn something. I would discover that golden pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that would actually fulfill me. Um, but it was actually nothing material, nothing physical, nothing emotional, nothing external to me. It was actually the, the, the connection in itself with my own internal, uh, let's say the soul as opposed to the ego self, uh, was actually the one that was able to guide through pure experiences. What does a pure experience mean? Um, when we are in a state of observation, as opposed to judgment, uh, we can actually experience things in a very pure way. It's not tainted by our fears. It's not tainted by emotions, egos. It's actually an observation. And that observation can open your, you up to experiences that you never thought um, were available to you or ways of experiencing that you didn't think of before. Why? Because we, we actually, the most of us, we operate like robots. You know, we're, we're very programmable. And this is how we started our conversation today. You know, we, we actually, the difference between ourselves and artificial intelligence really, it comes down to the fact that we are a combination of programs. We might think that we have free will. We think that our choices, you know, what I like, what makes me happy is something that I chose. But if you really sit with the things that bring you happiness, what you think brings you happiness right now, and it's important for you to do this, um, you know, how much of that is really true? You know, is this something that you have, uh, is this an experience that you have accepted as a result of survival? because of things that have occurred to you in your life, um, you know, it's important to review that because many of you might discover that the reason why some things make you happy is just because it's become an escape or it's just become something that is a coping mechanism or it's a temporary joy. Um, I mean, it can be millions of things, but right. if, right. go ahead. Samantha, or pardon me, uh, Geraldine, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. We're going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Geraldine Araz, go in the spiritual you. We have her for just another half an hour tonight, as she's not feeling well, but that's okay. We'll jam it all in on the spiritual you. Continuing next. All right, we are clear. By the way, Geraldine, you'll be happy to know that it is below 30 degrees and snowing here. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how you do it. Today it rained for the first time, which was so beautiful, but <laughs> I hope you stay warm. Uh, Please stay warm over there. <laughs> I, I, I am thawing. I, I am, you know, I got to get acclimatized again. Every year around this time, <laughs> got to get acclimatized. Yeah. This is your time. Uh-huh. How was uh, Halloween? Did you ex- did was, you uh, do you guys celebrate Halloween? Yeah, I took my boy out uh, trick or treating last night, and he had a great time. And uh, Aww. yeah, what did he dress up as? Uh, uh, a scary uh, jack o' lantern. 
Oh, that's so cute. Oh, I love that. Yeah. What about you? Did you dress up? I was a pizza pizza because I can't eat pizza anymore. <laughs> that's great. I love it. Yes. You'll be happy to know my breakfast consists of apple oatmeal every morning. Wow, that sounds delicious. I'm yeah. so proud of you. Yeah. You're so great. This is wonderful. Well, I got to trim down. Got to trim You know down. what? You look like you lost weight. Yeah, well. Uh, it shows. I am getting strong here, so just be careful. <laughs> oh, Dave, that's wonderful. Uh-huh. That's the truth. That's the truth. Um, so, oh, the siren's going. I don't know if you can hear it. Hold on. It's going to go one more time here. No, not really. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yep. <clears throat> so that siren will mean either black ice has caused an accident, a deer has caused an accident, or a moose has caused an accident. Oh, wow, really? That's oh, yeah. so interesting. Oh, yeah. That's so sad. I saw this uh, this moose in the forest the other day, a couple weeks oh, ago. Oh, my gosh. Did you post that picture? I did. I, I think I did on, on Instagram. I'll show you here. Uh, this no, thing, I feel like I've seen it. It was this, so beautiful. This thing, is, this thing is huge. Here, hold on. Wow, so majestic, so gorgeous. That's amazing. Yeah, it, it, that's standing up. It's in a little yeah. gully on the road there. It's standing up. Look that's at probably, all that snow. No, that's just uh, dirt. That's dirt in the sun. And not snow yet. Oh, dirt. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Oh. So, so that one was about 1,000 pounds. You'd get about... Uh, Holy moly, that's huge. You get about yeah. 700 pounds worth of meat off of that. Meat? You eat the poor thing? <laughs> Don't tell me you eat it. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, we didn't kill it. We didn't kill it. We just watched yeah. it. We just photographed it. Okay, good. It's very beautiful. <laughs> but the grouse, on the other hand... Ooh. <laughs> oh, uh, Ozzy Ange, why do I need to add cinnamon? Is, is that a health thing or is that just for flavor? And uh, yeah, Ozzy Ange, I could use that uh, that workout sheet that you promised me. I really could because I can tell you my shoulders are getting great. I'm already like starting to bump up the weights here a little bit. Yeah. So, I'm pretty proud. Not going to be Fat Guy Dave anymore. Refuse. Uh, what does moose meat taste like? Uh, I've only had it a couple of times. Uh, it tastes, uh, it's very rich. It's very It's very smooth and delicate, believe it or not. Uh, it's not like deer meat. I don't like deer meat. Bear, black bear meat tastes great. You get black bear jerky. Oh, that's good stuff. I've eaten black bear. Does that taste like uh, beef? No. It, it, yeah, like beef jerky. It was in uh, beef jerky strips. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Is that allowed? I thought they were. I thought bears were not supposed to be hunted. Uh huh. Eaten? No. Oh yeah, you can eat anything. <laughs> you can eat anything. Now the grouse are good though because it's like uh, it's like eating uh, wild chickens. I see. Yeah, I know. I know you're vegan. Hold on. Um, thank you, uh, Jeff, Jenny, and David for the super chats. It's a wonderful way to support what we do. Here we go with the second half hour and uh, the minus temperatures here at studio. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate it. want to remind you that if you have missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Space Down Radio, Instagram at Space Down Radio Show, and on TikTok at Space Down Radio. We only have her till the top of the hour this month, but Geraldine Roscoe is here battling some sickness and pushing through because she's tough that way. GeraldineRosco.com is her website. Geraldine. Okay, as we start to transform our own bodies into the healthy palaces that they should be, and I've just recently started, you know, here's one thing I have to ask you. How do I or people like me get through that frustration where where all of a sudden it's like, I don't know if it's working. I don't know if I really want to go today. Your laziness tries to take back over after you've started with momentum. How do we get to our spiritual self internally and say, hey, bad voices, shut up so I can do my job? Yeah, you know, I think it really comes down to, and this is a really great opportunity to to do this, is to embody self-love, you know, compassion for yourself, you know, was is is the way I am right now something healthy for me? Is it doing and, and if the answer is no, then when it's time to go do something like that, uh, work out or eat healthy, you know, it becomes a choice of love. It becomes something that is something nourishing, something good for you. And um, you feel good about yourself when you're done because you're taking care of yourself. Many of us we don't take care of ourselves. Oftentimes we think other people need to care for us or we need to, again, we have that external need and desire to fulfill something inside. But um, if you, if you, you know, do it for the love of yourself and the compassion that you have for yourself, this can be a more long-term motivator. How do you stay motivated? motivation well let me put it this way oh this is a good question because i don't really think of things in terms of motivation motivation to me means okay we're 
we're motivating ourselves. We're going from, we, if you have to motivate yourself to do something, I mean, why aren't you in alignment with it in the first place? That's my question, right? So the way, the way I look at it is I, I, I never have to motivate myself for something because, um, uh, you know, either I'm in alignment with it or I'm not. And I'm very honest with myself. I think that's important. Authenticity is important. If you're pushing yourself and pushing yourself to do something that you just don't want to do, what's happening? You need to take a look at that. Like, are you depressed? Is there an emotional issue that needs to be handled? Um, is there a deeper reason? Is there a lot of insecurity, doubt? Sit with yourself and answer those hard questions. Um, so everything that we do, you know, we should think of in terms of something that brings us lots of bliss, lots of joy. And we've talked about this on other shows that when we come into the state of bliss, into a state of joy, the, the body automatically goes into its highest, healthiest state. We, When we meditate, when we handle those emotional issues that cause disturbances in our ability to, to be okay with our life and the choices that we're making, um, you know, we become free. So from my perspective, doing that shadow work and that emotional work is really number one it's the key once you get past that you won't need to be struggling to do these things you understand um i mean from my from my work and my practice a lot of the a lot of the struggle that people have with making healthy choices is not even about the food it's not about the way they look it's actually an emotional trauma Either people are feeling alone or they are feeling abandoned or they're disconnected by something uh, in their lives. And when they when they address that issue, all of a sudden they're excited about life. They want to eat good. They want to do all these good choices for themselves. And it, that's what it really comes down to. You can change your entire life if you understand those root things. So I would say... You know, just sit and meditate for a minute. Connect with yourself. See what's coming up for you. And try to get to the root of these things. I have a lot of amazing videos on my YouTube channel that can assist with that if you if you want to check them out. Well, I, I understand with what you're saying. I, I really do, okay? Because I think we all have our struggles. You know, I, I'll give you an example. The other day on Saturday, I, I was going to the gym, but I knew I had a long drive ahead of me because I had to go down to the coast to see my mom and dad. And that entire time while I was working out, all I could think about is, okay, uh, maybe I should cut this out. Maybe I should cut that out. Maybe I should cut that out. Maybe I should, uh, you know, eliminate my uh, my final 15 minutes on the treadmill. Okay, that I that I've gotten into a habit of doing at a at a pretty good pace as a cool down. And I was like, no, no, like I had to force myself to be disciplined with it. And I think what you're saying, if I'm reading it correctly, is for many of us, we have forgotten how to discipline ourselves to make sure that no matter what is going on in the world, that we are still number one to us individually right exactly and and finally i mean i mean all the things that you're cutting out dave you know it's amazing what you're going through because all the things that you're cutting out you're you're more aware you're looking at the things that you you're used to eating and you're saying hey is this really good for me 
And so when you make that choice and you're like, no, it's not really good for me. So I know how much work it took me to go to the gym and to, to work out and to do all these things. Um, you know, so you love yourself, love yourself, support yourself, be your number one fan. You know, when you do that for yourself, then you make choices that aren't going to harm you, but not going to cause you more suffering. They're not going to cause you illness, sadness, depression. It's not going to put you back into that uh, place that you're so trying to get out of. So, I mean, essentially it comes down to self-love. It really comes down to self-love, self-acceptance, and all these other choices kind of begin to go back into place, you know. It is focus. It is complete focus, and it's hard, you know. Uh, Mike is asking here, if you have a hard time concentrating, what's a good first step to meditate? Yeah, so actually meditation is is the opposite of concentration. It would be the, it's the, it's letting go of the concentration and surrendering, surrendering the mind. So, you know, many people think we have to control the mind, make sure it's not thinking anything. We have to make sure it's not doing anything. In meditation, all you're going to do is just observe. That's what it is. It's observation. Instead of concentrating, we're going to go into observation. So, um, and that's non-judgmental observation. That's the key, remember. Because anytime that you start applying meaning to the things that you're experiencing in meditation, uh, you know, judging the thoughts that keep coming up or any kind of little things that start bubbling up from you, that's it. You, your meditation ended. So the key is that sit in absolute stillness in a state of observation for as long as you can. That's, that's it. And you'll find if you start 10 minutes a day, you're going to end up doing an hour in a few, in a few, in a few weeks. Okay. And in, in, you'll notice how incredibly blissful it is. I work with lots of companies and I have my rooms full of my corporate, um, you know, uh, people that are coming into the room and they come in and they satiate this one hour out of their busy, busy day with their families, you know, their work to just sit and do absolutely nothing to be in that state of observation and it's amazing how it changes your life. So this is this is my advice. Awesome. Geraldine Orozco is here until the top of the hour. Another question for you, this one coming from Crystal. Geraldine, how can you silence your head when trying to sleep? <coughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, you know, that's a that's a really great question, Crystal, and I've also struggled with this in my life. Um so as an entrepreneur for many years, uh, obviously you have a million thoughts and obviously with families, everything, right? Um, I got a notebook and I put it next to my bed and I would write down, as soon as a thought came to my mind, I would write it down. And at first, you know, you might lose, like, this is going to sound funny, so it depends how, how busy your mind is, but some of you might lose maybe 10 minutes of sleep, 15 minutes of sleep, writing a long list of all your ideas, okay? But once you get into the habit of doing that, your brain will begin to understand that at a time of sleep, we're going to turn off all the lights, get rid of all the technology in your bedroom. Really important that you have a cool bedroom, that you have no technology in your room, that it's nice and dark, 
and that you you're setting up your space for sleeping okay and have that notebook next to you write down whatever it is and and as you give yourself a pattern at the time that you're going to sleep hopefully you're going to sleep between the hours of 10 and 2 a.m because these are actually the most restorative hours for the body inside out so if we could try to make it to bed that way the body begins to change its um internal clock and it's really amazing the change that happens because the body wants to go back to sleep every night at that time okay the body is very programmable remember so these are just some tips that you can use um but you know write it down uh silence your mind imagine that you're pulling out thoughts you can also imagine pulling them out like big uh, cotton balls out of your brain. I know that sounds funny, but it's a technique that I work with my clients uh, because, you know, it's very hard for us to break habits. So we have to train ourselves to use our imagination. And you can you can use anything. It doesn't have to be cotton balls. You can imagine clouds. You can imagine a garbage bag that you're going to throw away garbage. And you're going to just grab all the thoughts out of your mind, put it into a bag and throw the bag away. Um, put yourself into a circle, a sphere, a golden bubble, and make take yourself to the most beautiful place you could ever imagine, and allow yourself to imagine yourself resting. Mary redeemed a fifty thousand dollar cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. In this beautiful place. Take the time to create imagery uh, of this restorative place. You're going to see how quickly your, your sleep pattern changes. So these are a couple little hacks that you can use. You know, I used to since I was a kid had a television in my room. Now my, I try, Mm -hmm. I try and, you know, since probably, Oh goodness. I will say since I separated from my ex wife, I have not had a television in my Mm -hmm. room and I sleep so much better. Wow. Yeah. That's right. Dave, that is so amazing. Yeah. I mean, I still get up three, four, five times a night. You know, I have an active bladder, but nonetheless, I I do not, um, I do not sleep uh, very well with technology around. I I could totally, totally uh, support that. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. It's really important. Thank you for that, Dave. For you, I mean, in regards to that. 
I, I one thing that I didn't hear from you in in that answer is a lot of us, and, and I've asked you this before, but not for a number of months. A lot of us have a life that could literally move twenty four hours a day, literally, and. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's what Crystal may have meant. Like shutting off the mind is very difficult. Shutting off anything is very difficult because we. I think more than ever, we go to bed thinking, what did I forget to do today? What did I forget to take care of? What needed, what needed my attention that I forgot to do? And this is where I think it keeps a lot of us awake at night. Yeah, exactly. This is why uh, the list is a really great tool. I mean, you know, we we have to discipline our mind. Um, Also, exercise is really important. Uh, I'll tell you that when you exercise uh, midday, the mind automatically allows it to start calming and shutting down at nighttime. Um, So your, your mind will be a little more quiet. It's really, really important. Um, it's also really important to help uh, with serotonin and good, feel-good chemicals in the body. So embracing yourself, literally hugging yourself and feeling love before you try to go to bed can be a very powerful way to interrupt a very busy mind because oftentimes the busy mind is trying to get chemicals that soothe it. That's why it's overrunning all kinds of programs. But if you if you interrupt that and you give it what it's looking for, you give it that love, those feel-good uh, emotions, you can do it by hugging. If someone hugs you, you hug someone or you hug yourself. Um, you can produce these, emo- these uh, chemicals in the brain and they can help you shut down and interrupt these brain patterns. But, you know, meditation is practice. You just have to do it every day, little by little. Yeah, you do. Little by little. By little. You know, uh, when I look at things, you know, on a spiritual level and trying to calm our brains and trying to relax, I mean, the one thing that uh, that I like to do and many others is is treat myself to any type of of uh, of I don't know whether I could call it therapy or not. Uh, you know, like I'll give you an example, Geraldine. Um, last week I was down on the coast, uh, visiting my, my ill mother, you know, and in the morning I snuck in to get a, to get a, uh, a pedicure. Okay. For me, I fell asleep in the chair because I'm one of these dudes where, you know, anybody touches my feet. I am in a, in a relaxing, massaging way. I am out. I am out within seconds. You know, it's like a haircut. I always know mm-hmm. if I have a good haircut, if I fall asleep, you know. So I, I, I tell the people who, who cut my hair, I said, look, if you can put me to sleep, your tip is going to be large. You know, I mean, it, it's just that, the, you know, or a, or a back massage or, you know, or shiatsu or anything along those lines. I mean, what? Do, how does the human touch relax us so instantaneously? Yeah, the human touch is very powerful, and it's precisely because of our chemicals um, that allow us to to uh, create feel-good chemicals. 
Um, and it's it's really powerful. We could really get into this topic like for a whole, uh, you know, hour really. But even as children, these chemicals help us grow, help us nourish. Um, you know, they allow us to feel feel nourished and healthy. Um, so this 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 emo this chemical that is produced is called oxytocin. And when we, when someone hugs us, we're literally uh, creating that in the body. And it makes the body feel, number one, safe. Like it lets every, every, every part of the body says, okay, I am safe right now. I am good. I am healthy. And safety, this is why safety is really important, in, especially to program into our subconscious mind. It's actually when we feel unsafe and we're in a state of survival that the body starts to get really stressed out and programs an overactive mind. But when you, when you uh, release this oxytocin in the brain, it allows it to know that, okay, if I'm being hugged right now and I'm being loved, it means that everything's good. I'm, I, I'm not in survival mode right now. So this is the kind of feeling that we need to allow the body to feel. It, it literally helps our, our immune system boost up. Okay, like supercharged. It helps our health, our heart. It helps with blood pressure. It helps with, uh, with joy, actually feeling joy. And, um, you know, we, we, we see changes in, in our health. We heal. And long-term fears, it also even reduces pain. People that are feeling oxytocin, that have oxytocin in their body, it actually lessens pain. Can you imagine that? So these chemicals are very powerful, and it really speaks to the power of the mind over the body that we have. You know, it's, it's something that can change the way that we experience things. Okay, so does human touch have a healing compound or even the thought of human yeah. touch like Reiki where you're not actually touching the body? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, Reiki's Reiki's Reiki is usual, utilizing the this vibrational frequency, you know, and and really strong powerful Reiki healers tune in to that unconditional self-love which is available to us as as an infinite source as life force when we learn how to direct that life force to people you know we can heal them um and it's 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 very powerful you can do that to yourself you can literally wherever you are you can sit where you are surround yourself in a golden sphere of light fill yourself up with the color that you feel uh represents love to you and you will see how your body will begin to immediately readjust the muscles will begin to soften your nervous system will begin to self-regulate everything so it's really really powerful um to, to do that mm -hmm. we have about two and a half minutes to go here before we got to go to our bre break at the top of the hour and say good night to you geraldine you know, uh, I want to say thank you. I, I know normally we go two hours and and you're just not feeling very well. Uh, and uh, we wish you all the best in getting healthy. And, uh, you know, what does the end of your year look like here coming up? Because I know you're always so busy with conferences and documentaries and and podcasts and everything. You know, uh, what are what are you up to until the end of 2022 here? 
Oh, yeah. We have lots of incredibly exciting events that I would love to invite you to. Um, we have the Ultimate Star Beans Conference, which is this weekend. Uh, so I invite you to register to that. Uh, um, it's going to be an incredible weekend. We have an uh, incredible lineup. Um, and this is November 3rd to the 8th. I'm going to post a link uh, down below with uh, with Dave so you, you can register to this event. Um, but it's going to be a powerful, everything from Dan Winter to Phil Gruber, um, Sarayan Michael, uh, Alan Steinfeld, uh, Joan Neil Gower, Joan of Angels, Neil, Neil Gower. Um, we have Akura. Um, I mean, just it's it's packed with these uh, Mary Rodwell, you know, it's going to be a really wonderful weekend. So please come check it out. Um, and uh, I'll be presenting on Monday, actually. So Beautiful. I'll be very excited to see you there. There's lots of amazing conferences coming up. So just check out my website. And um, yeah, look forward to seeing you guys there. And if people want to get in touch with you regarding maybe getting a reading or a DNA reprogramming, how do they do it? Yeah, thank you so much, Dave. If you guys want to work with me on a DNA reprogramming or hypnotherapy, you can check out GeraldineRosco.com. And I have a lot of amazing uh, videos that you can check out on my YouTube where I have a lot of amazing free content. Uh, my support group is once a month. It's going to be next Friday. Uh, so do check that out for experiencers. That's on HybridMother.com. I want to thank you, Dave, so much for having me today. As always, it is such a such an honor to be here. It's always an honor to have you on this show. And we get you one more time right before the end of 2022 yeah. at the beginning of December. And I hope you're feeling much better, my friend. Oh, I absolutely will be. Yes. <laughs> thank you so much. No problem. The lovely and talented Geraldina Roscoe. GeraldinaRoscoe.com is her website. We only had her for an hour, but we're going to get into some Sasquatch talk. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio and Robin McRae are up next for the next two hours. We'll be back right after this. Thank you, Geraldine. Very much appreciate you. Thank you so much. Much love. Please, I hope everything goes well with your family, Dave, and I'll Thank see you, you soon, okay? Yeah, stay warm down there because it's going to get cold soon. Yeah, yeah, it will. I will. Thank you. Much love. See you soon. All right, my dear. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, I'm going to step away for a minute, then we'll bring in Robin and Super Duke. We'll be back.
I am back. And uh, Ozzy Ange, I will get a hold of you privately on Facebook. I'll send you a Facebook message. Yeah, thank you. Hilton, how are you? It's been a while. Throw these on so I can hear. Low Pro, how you doing? Who else has joined us here? Uh, believe it or not, I actually uh, just got asked if I want another sponsor for a beard oil company. So um, that may be coming into fruition soon. That would be cool. Uh, let's see here. We got... 12 seconds. Thank you, David, Jenny, Jeff, Dutch, and Typical for the Super Chats tonight. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show. And we're going to get going with hour number two right now. Or maybe not. We got another minute. I screwed up. I screwed up. Yeah. It happens. It happens. What do you do? Our store is open. SpacedOutRadio.com Don't forget too, guys, who's going to Vegas with us? May 19th through 21st at the Golden Nugget. I booked the room. I booked the room. Who's coming to Vegas with us? We'll get you some details here very soon here. I know uh, something's up with my internet tonight, guys. I apologize for the blurriness, but here we go. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for tuning us on in wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Decatice. Decatice is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go with hour number two. Usually we have Geraldine Orozco for two straight hours. However, however, she was ill tonight, so she could only do one. But we got backup. We got big time backup. And yeah, we should probably just hit his music. 
Oh, well, hey, that was a little short. Let's try there it you again. Go. Let's try it again. Right, our man Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio is here for an extended cryptid report. He brings in our good friend Robin McRae hanging on out, talking Sasquatch all night long. And uh, Duke and Robin, thank you so much for jumping in on short notice to help us out here tonight. We very much appreciate you guys tuning us in, man. Thank you. We're happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Look at Super Duke. Yeah, and I'm always hanging around whether I'm on the show or not. I'm just in the chat room. <laughs> I know. You know what I love about you, Duke, is is you never say no, but hot damn, are you crusty? When a, Duke, I need a favor. Oh, Jesus, Dave, I haven't had coffee, and my Slurpee is half done, and and, and uh, I, I haven't put enough talcum powder in my boxer shorts and all this kind of stuff. I love it, man. Yeah, I'm busy fighting with my roommate, and life sucks in general, and I haven't got any damn rest, and what the hell, now i got to be on twice as long tonight. Jeez, Dave, it's a good thing I really like you. <laughs> well, I love you. And then, of course, he calls me immediately. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I'm going to do it, you're doing it, too. <laughs> yes, I, I could But tell. we love you, Dave. I could tell. I, I, I know, and... Uh, you know, I haven't been out to the area in a couple of, of weeks here because uh, my mother has been very ill and and I, I'm putting everything on hold except for what we're doing behind the scenes on SOR here, uh, you know, because of that, you know. So, I mean, we just got the first snowfall here and I'm thinking, geez, I want to get out there to see if there's any new footprints. Man. <laughs> and likely there are they're still moving they're moving around a lot right now i'm getting reports from all over the place and a lot of channels that are sporadic in finding and releasing things are really regular about it right now and in big clearinghouse channels like rocky mountain sasquatch organization where he scoops up everything he comes down the pike and puts it on his blog every day he's been putting out like four to seven posts of I got picture of Bigfoot and these aren't lousy stump squatch blurry pictures, but like really good pictures. Yeah. So yeah, some lots of activity going on right now. It's all over the place. Like, I mean, I'm getting calls daily. They're even acting more torqued up here than they normally are. Like I've been out here all of about 10 minutes and I've got major tree snaps, foot stomps, something ran up and hit one of the cat cages off to the side, scared the absolute tar out of the cats. Didn't hurt them, just scared them. You know, you can hear stuff running in the bushes. It's like, they're making weird noises. Like, normally I'm used to their calls and which ones are meaning what and where they're going. And they were making them the other night, and it sounded like some kind of a weird, freakish dog that would then switch into a donkey sound. And there are literally no donkeys over here. And nobody has dogs out in their backyard where I'm at. Everybody's dogs are in at night. And it was in an area where there is no dogs whatsoever. So it's just been weird. What do you think causes these these high strangeness moments 
uh, Robin, in regards to whether or not they're moving. I mean, because, I mean, you're in one part of the country. Duke's in another part of the country. I'm in a different part of the continent. And yet we're all seeing kind of the same thing. Well, a lot of it, they coordinate stuff. I mean, we tend to forget that because they are part human, they have their own lives. Like, my guys were gone for, like, eight months one time. I had the regular crew, but I didn't have, like, my core group. And they were gone for eight months. I was devastated. And I kept asking where they went. They said, well, we were in training. I said, training for what, for heaven's sakes? You know, And but they were gone, and then they would come back. So just because they leave doesn't mean they won't come back. But this time of year is busy because regardless of the climate, they don't migrate. Okay, so we can take that off the table. But because of the time of year, they're gathering food, they're storing things in caves, they're getting ready so that if the weather gets cold, if the weather gets bad, whatever, they've got a food supply. You know, there's been countless people that have found all this food stored in caves. One of the DNR officers in Michigan, I was there one time, found 14 gutted deers stacked up in a cave with all these gigantic footprints all over the floor of the cave, you know. I mean, they're just doing their thing. And the weather is really good for them right now because even in the hot areas, it's cool enough where they enjoy it. In the cold areas, it's cold, but it's not so cold that they can't really be comfortable to move around. Yep. They are out and living life. Still limited amounts of snow on the ground, even in areas that are prone to be getting snow this time of the year. We had low, low 50s here today. So if you're further up the mountains, yeah, there's snow. But down here in the valleys, no, there's nothing. So they're still yeah. pretty much pretty much free to move around. And keeping in mind, the daylight is a lot shorter right now. So it gives yeah. them more available time with nighttime hours where we can't see a damn yeah. thing. They can run around and pillage the local area, snap deer oh, necks yeah. and haul them off and all that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, they're doing a lot of that right now. And they they tend to move around quite a bit in the fall anyway but it seems like an unusual amount this year and robin pointed out it sounds like what they're telling her is that they're anticipating a worse than average winter so they're really stockpiling the food they are um i had talked to them before and they said that right now they feel the winter is going to be worse than what we think it is now that doesn't mean that's not going to change i mean let's be realistic the weather report is never accurate anyway but according to them they're bracing for the worst They think Mm -hmm. that we've got a lot of bad weather. They also started in the summer. They had gotten hold of Pat, my husband, and said, you know, you guys need to start warning people that the heat, there's a problem with the sun, and the sun is going to affect us, and we're all in danger. And they were relentless with him, and then they got on me about it to make sure people were aware of this. I said, we're not protected from the sun anymore. And then when winter started, they were very intense that it's going to be a worse winter than what they had anticipated. Now, here in South Carolina, which this state sucks anyway, but instead of the nice, cool fall weather, our fall all week long has been 80 degrees, which I just hate. And the, But the week before was 60s and 70s, which was wonderful. You know, I enjoy my fall weather. So it just depends. But then you also, if I don't know about anybody else, but the actual wildlife is off the charts right now, too. Like, everything knows there's something coming. And they're all getting ready for it. In what way, though? Like, how do, how do we I, know? How do we judge that? Oh, bugs. 
myself, I take it as an indication that whatever weather we're going to have is going to be more, it's not going to be our normal weather. It's going to be more severe, whether it's too hot, whether it's too cold, it's not going, now something's pounding on the side of the house. Um, it's not going to be typical. Excuse the bugs, guys. It's not going to be typical. It's going to be a change from what our normal is. And I think that's what their anticipation is. Duke, what's your thoughts? I don't know. I live in town, so I can just observe squirrels and the deer that live here, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> they have food supply year-round, so it's hard to judge anything by what they're doing. Uh, I mean, you know, it's possible. I mean, we're kind of overdue to have a really lousy winter. It's been a few years since we had mm-hmm. a super crappy one. So that would just make sense, you know, cyclical lousy winters every so yeah. so many years. As far as the sun goes, yes, uh, those of us that are old enough to remember it when there was a, quote, lemon yellow sun. And now it's kind of white colored. The sun has yep. changed color. And if you want to know more about um, the cyclical cataclysms and somebody that's paying really close attention to this and actually gets to school NASA regularly, there's a channel called Suspicious Observer. Ben, the guy that runs it, has got his facts straight. And a lot of stuff the climate scientists can't explain what's going on, he can tell you right off the bat because it all has to do with solar weather, space weather, and things that are happening with the sun. And, yes, apparently there could be a micro nova coming up in mm-hmm. the 15, 20 years, and the poles are drifting right now, which is causing the Earth's shields to weaken. They have weakened by about 20% so far, which means more solar radiation is getting through and hitting the earth, which not only means that, you know, you could get skin cancer and stuff because cosmic rays and all that kind of stuff, but it also penetrates into the earth. The earth earth absorbs it, and this will cause other secondary problems like more volcanism. The earthquakes are way out of hand. Like in South Carolina, we're not prone to a lot of major earthquakes, but in Elgin, they are having earthquakes on a regular basis. This is getting to be almost a daily thing. And the earthquakes in other states are having equally big problems. And if you watch the wildlife even, because those poles aren't right, and it's all, you know, it's like that energy frequency there, it's got them all screwed up. You've got animals that are highly aggressive that normally would rather be left alone, and they're actually coming after people. I mean, everything is off kilter. Now, as far as the forest people, they have been dead set since, I want to say, right before June, they started on this crusade. I mean, it was like Henny Penny waiting for the sky to fall. They were adamant. Uh, They were constantly on Pat, and then they started getting all over me. You're not telling people. You need to warn people. The sun, the sun is dangerous now. It's not what it was before. And they have not changed their tune on that. You know, and like I said, I'm... I'm not going to say that I think that they are pulling more food than I've ever seen them pull because I don't think that's it. There's something different. There's a change right now. I know, you know, the big battle's still going on and they're still working on that, but that's been going on for, you know, three years now. And while it's heating up, it's not that much different than it was a few months ago. But the calls are different. They're meaning different things than they normally did. And they are definitely a little on the more bizarre side in their actions. I mean, nothing bad, nothing anybody's, you know, being, you know, obnoxious or anything like that. It's just very different. There's been a change. There's been a big energy shift, and you can feel it. 
Okay, so how does that affect the migration patterns or or potential hibernate uh, hibernating patterns of these creatures? It, it well, affects all the wildlife tremendously. <laughs> Bigfoot doesn't migrate, but it affects everything else that migrates from birds to whales. And that's why one of the reasons there's so many more beaching incidents for whales right now, because true north isn't where it used to be. They've had to change the layout for airport runways because the, the way they had them originally laid out, like, oh, this airstrip points directly due, due west. Now it doesn't anymore. North, north moved. <laughs> They've had to actually accommodate yeah. that because the movement of it has been so much. It's been drifting from where the North Pole was when I was a kid toward Russia for the last 40 years. And it's moved quite a bit. The South Pole is also moving, and they're both apparently going to converge in the Indian Ocean. Although the South Pole is moving as fast, and of course they're reporting on that. Oh my God, this side of Antarctica <laughs> is all falling off into the ocean. It's all yeah. Antarctica's melting. Yeah, it's the side that the Antarctic pole is moving away from. So it's now further north. <laughs> so it's getting more sun. So that side's melting. They don't talk about the fact that the side that it's moving toward is picking up ice. And a couple of years ago, they had an icebreaker down there and they were going to film all of the uh, Antarctic melting and make a uh, science program about it. And their icebreaker got stuck in the ice. Because there was too much yeah. ice, it wasn't melted, and then they sent an, a Russian, much better icebreaker, to get them out of the ice, and it couldn't actually get to them. That one got stuck in the ice too. So there's something a little bit wrong with this narrative that they're trying to push on people. And what they're not telling you is that actually what's going on is the poles are drifting, and the further they get out of mm -hmm. position, the less actual geomagnetic stability we've got with the shields around the Earth, and the more solar radi radiation we're going to be getting. And this yep. is coming at a bad time, and we're getting a solar sheet from the galaxy, and the sun is acting up. So, like uh, a, something like a Carrington event happened. Now we've got you know twenty percent less shielding than they had when that happened. So we would be right. extremely screwed. That would be the end of all the technology on whatever side of the planet gets hit by it. Well, and just like you said, you know things are they, the wildlife isn't behaving normal anymore. The migration patterns have changed. That's had to adapt. And the forest people don't migrate, but they do follow the food sources. That doesn't mean they're going to stay with the food sources. What they'll do is the core of the family will stay at home, and they'll send the hunters out, and they'll go out, follow the elk herds or deer herds or whatever they're hunting at the time, go out, they'll leave the family groups, they'll go out, they'll get the food, they'll bring it back to store it. So the main part of the family and the, the core of the clan stays in one spot. But again, with everything changing its migration patterns, because of it, it does affect them directly. Their food sources are going to be changed. So what do they eat in the winter? Well, some places they got year-round food sources. I mean, like here, um, there's a clan of them that live right here on Mount Sentinel right next to me. And there also happens to be tons of deer up there. Mm -hmm. And there happens to be a whole herd of elk up there. They're up there year-round. They're not migrating. So they're eating them year-round. They don't have to go anywhere. They don't have to stockpile much food. No, no. All right. I got a couple questions here from our audience. So let me uh, just pull them on up here. And uh, Hilton, we'll kick it off with Hilton. Are they, as in the Sasquatch, finally coming out of the Lion Witch wardrobe? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> C.S. Lewis. 
being more public? <laughs> um, yes and no. People, I think, because there are a multitude of people that have been had contact with them more so than ever before, and they are connecting more with our people. People are in this assumption that now they think they're going to just see them walking down the street or walking out and waving hi. That's not how it works. They want to be able to live their lives without fear of being shot at, being killed. They want to be able to raise their children, raise their families, live their lives. They're not asking to, you know, go to a movie date with you or sit by the campfire. They just want their families to be left in peace. They want the ones that do want to communicate with us obviously would like to continue to do that without being fearful. But it's not for them. It's not about being able to walk out and have everybody see them. It's about being able to be allowed to live their own lives to feel safety and not worry that their children are going to be murdered. So that's almost like self-contradictory. They're like, well, uh, maybe they need to know we're here. So they actually leave us alone. Exactly. A hundred percent. And we had talked about that before that they're building what their, their exact verbiage was they're building a bridge. They've contacted people like myself, like Duke, like several other people. We are certainly not the only ones by any means. And we have been asked to come forward, tell people what they really are, tell them about their life, their culture, their way of life, so people can see what they are and who they are. But at the same time, while they're doing that, it hasn't gotten them as far as they had hoped. So now they're doing what they call building a bridge. And this theoretical bridge is just a matter of now they are contacting more people than they ever did before and having more contact than they ever have because they are trying to get it into everybody's heads. We're not these giant monsters any more than we are. You know, they are a human, a type of human. They're not our human, but they are a type of human. They have a culture. They have laws. They have families. You know, they have everything that we have. Even though it may not be in our ways, they still have it. And so this is their way of of being able to do that and try to connect. But no, I mean, you're not going to see them walking down the street and waving hi or, you know, inviting you over for a marshmallow by the campfire. That's probably not going to happen. But they do Damn want it. that. <laughs> hey, I got the s'mores all ready and waiting. Um, I always have donuts for them, too, in case you want to come into camp love and hang out. They're little addicts. They love it. I'm telling you. I don't know what they're doing here tonight. This is the, like, they're just acting goofy tonight. Usually, like, you can hear them walking around and they're, like, banging on trees with the sticks and snapping branches and stomping feet. And But we've had a lot of coyotes running, too, the last two days around here. And they do have some that they have as pets. And so that isn't helping. Because the neighbors don't know which one are the pets and which ones are, are the ones that need to be gone bye-bye. Probably attracts the other ones, too. I know a bar owner in oh, yeah. Minnesota that had a two-story old schoolhouse that he bought and converted into a two-story bar. And he couldn't live there. And he was afraid people would break in and steal things. So he locked it up. And he also had his pet there to guard and patrol it. And his pet was Ruger, a cougar. Yeah. Well, that kept people from going in there, but it attracted all the other cougars in the area because they would call and he'd call back to them. And when Jamie showed up a couple mornings, there were mountain lions hanging around in the parking lot. And he was like, this isn't working out very well. I'm going to get mugged by these guys. They're not friendly like the one I have indoors. We've got more bobcats than I've ever seen in my life. And we've got, there's three of the forest people that came, they used to come through every three months and they always had a cougar that would walk with them. So I knew they had it as a pet, not a problem. 
but now because that one is here now there's another big one here and now people are starting to see baby prints you know so when you get one the rest of them come mm-hmm. you know it's like we're sitting here and i can hear the the coyotes in the background you know and it's just everything's off kilter but one affects the other you know it affects us when the animal kingdom is off kilter you know it's that slide effect i hear you i totally hear you as we enter the final 45 seconds before we got to go to break at the bottom of the hour here on space out radio super duke sullivan and robin mccray here talking some sasquatch Ange wants to know quickly robin or duke do they hibernate no nope. absolutely not you want to know what hibernates speak. trolls hibernate trolls <laughs> can hibernate as long as they feel like hibernating bigfoot don't hibernate no they may you know they may stay inside the cave more you know and not be quite as active outside due to weather but no they don't ever hibernate wonderful on that note i'm going to get you to guys to hold on right there we're going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour we're going to continue with the cryptid report super duke sullivan and robin mccray when we come back i know we talked about this a couple months ago duke but i really want to get into gugways these things are scaring me and i'm going to set it up here uh for you when we return on spaced out radio yeah the big creatures is what we love playing with around here that's why we got super new to protect us from all this underlying madness of the crypto world we'll be back for spaced out radio right after this hi Corey cole how you doing uh gary vermeer you're dutch just so you know you are dutch and i'm sorry about that uh let's see who else has showed up here it's not his fault <laughs> close enough it's close enough robin did you see the original gugwe picture i sent you today i did um i was gone most of the day but i did see it yeah there's, i think there's some other things in there as well but yeah yeah it kind of looked like that to me there was another face in there too mm-hmm. yeah you know i I don't even think the thing that was concerning to me was some of the, the signatures in there. It's like, why were some of the things with the Gugwies that were there? And I thought that was a little odd, but traders turning. Yeah, pretty much. Well, and I think too, it's just like when we had that situation with, um, the one gentleman that got attacked by them, he had two forest people with them and he just assumed that that's what was attacking him. And it, it wasn't. But these were, one was without a clan, and he had been jumped by these things and was forced into it. The other one, they took him from his, his family when he was little. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it happens. I mean, it happens. Oh, you're talking people. about the uh, predators down there in the green swamp. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's not the same monster. God, we haven't got that kind of No, no, not at all. But I'm just saying, you know, situations happen. And you get not only traitors, but you get them, you know, some that have been captured and been forced into this or that. And it, it changes yep. it. All right. I'm going to go outside and have a quick parasig. Because right, we noticed years ago, there's this one commonality in reports where a lot of them start out with, well, it was late at night and I went outside on the porch to have a cigarette. Dot, dot, dot. Always starts that way. I'm itching. I'm getting like all these little gnats and mosquitoes biting me. So I'm like itching at myself. 
That's the way we roll it around here. <laughs> Who's your mom doing better, Dave? No. No, I don't think. Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it happens. Uh, it happens. Uh, but I don't. Well, no, our prayers and love are with you. I appreciate that. I, I do. And um, it's, uh, it, it's a tough time. I know that, you know, I had a talk with my dad earlier today, and, and I think he's, he's starting to realize um, that we're getting closer to the end. And, yeah. you, you know, you, you never want to speak like that. You, you, you don't want to put those. No, but you thoughts, want to be realistic, too. But you got to be realistic as well. And, and you know, it's, it's just tough because, like I said, I mean, you don't want it to happen, but you know it's going to happen. You just don't know when. And some days, you know, she seems to be picking up, but other days it's just not going anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's a long haul. It's a difficult haul. Yeah. Yeah, that it is. I mean, I remember when I lost my dad and my grandmother and it's and my son. It's rough. It's not <laughs> for the faint of heart for sure. No, very true. But know you are loved and supported and that we are all here for you at all times. Well, I, I appreciate that and um you know, it's something that uh, eventually we're going to have to get used to. And I, yeah. don't, I don't think my mom's coming home. And uh, I don't think that she is uh, uh, wanting to come home. I think she is, is uh, lack of a better term, uh, almost done. And uh, you know what? If that's her choice, that's okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, my grandmother was like that. She had finally gotten to that point, And, you know, she was just like, I've had a full life. I'm tired of fighting the fight. You know, I'm just tired. You know, I'm ready. Yeah, and you can't blame them. You just... No, you can't. It's... It's harder on us than them. Oh, 100%. 100%. You know, and uh, I don't I don't regret that for a moment, you know. So it, it, is, yeah. it is what it is. And, uh, um, and uh, you know, hopefully she will, uh, hopefully she will, uh, uh, you know, remain non-hurting or and uh you know but she's yeah. she's not getting any that's stronger. that's the best you can hope for yeah she's not getting any stronger that's for sure uh anyways uh, hold on the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. 
want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with the early cryptid report. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio is here, same <laughs> as Robin McRae. I know she loves it when we call Duke Super Duke. She just does. I know. I know. Does. I do too. It cracks me up. <laughs> here, I'll get even with you someday, Dave. No way, man. No way. <laughs> You're going to live with that, and you're going to like it. Like it. <laughs> hey, I, I, I want to get to this situation that my buddy Mike is going to be emailing you about. Okay? And, uh, Duke, this is a scenario where he about a year ago he was traveling, looking for new uh, Sasquatch areas, potential new hunting areas, and... About a year ago, if I get the story correct, he goes into this area, and it's a very little-used logging road uh, and kind of goes up by some power lines and just gets the dreaded feeling. And he has, uh, as he he literally gets hit with some sort of... uh, of the uh, the mind speak play where he starts feeling very ill, like he wants to mom, uh, vomit and and uh, you know kind of get uh, you know out of that area. He sees tree, a big giant tree that shouldn't be pushed down, being pushed down, and he gets the hell out. But he keeps being drawn back there, and every time he goes there, he feels that he shouldn't be there. And we're we're not sure if it's a rogue Bigfoot clan, a private Bigfoot clan, a dogman situation, because uh, there have been dogman sightings in that area. We're not sure if it's Gugway or anything, but every time he thinks about that area, it it freaks him out even to think about it. Uh, Duke, let's start with you on this one. Well, it sounds to me like when he walked in there, he got zapped. Um, lots of abandoned logging roads and stuff that humans don't use regularly or adopted by animals as travel routes. And, of course, they like to ambush them. And the same thing goes with power lines. Uh, animals will mm-hmm. use those for nice, clear, obvious routes. And the Bigfoot will use them, too, although they don't walk usually on the uh, rail bed of a train track or the, or the uh, power line itself. They know where it goes from point A to point B, so they'll parallel it. Um, so you see a lot of that. Actually, Blaine Tyler ran into a bunch of that up there in uh, Ontario. He kept finding signs of them around uh, rail beds and uh, what does he call them? Hydro cuts, big power line clearings and stuff up there. But uh, as far as the other thing goes, you know, with the attitude and everything, it's really peculiar that he feels like he's being drawn back to the same area after apparently they zapped him the first time he was in there. Yeah, he says he's uncomfortable. But we're not sure what is actually there. You know, that's... That's, that's a, a question for... <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. What do you think, Robin? 
Well, number one, when you get mind speak, even if you don't know that you're getting mind speak, if you don't really know that that's what it is, you can feel this compelling urge to do whatever they want you to do. Okay. So like if you're watching, and this is the best example I can think of. If you're watching a funny movie, like slapstick comedy, like three stooges, whatever. And you know, they're beating on each other and slapping each other and hurting each other, but it's absolutely hysterical. And you think it's funny, but yet the next day you go back and you watch it again because you thought it was funny. Okay. So what happens like in your friend's case, he goes out there they didn't want him out there to begin with, but they zapped him and they thought it was funny that they zapped him. So we'll just keep calling him back like a little puppet on a string and we'll just keep zapping his butt. And what will eventually happen is when they get done with playing with him like a little toy, then he could actually get hurt. I know you've got at least two dogmen in that area, but you also have three of the foots that are there and they have a clan nearby. So you're looking at a situation that is just not a good situation. And just because he's feeling that urge to go there, he's got to try to get it understood in his head that you're going to have to resist that urge. You're going to have to, because when they're done playing and toying with you like a game, there is the potential that you could get hurt or you could get zapped even harder. You know, I mean, I know you've got Gugwe that go out in those areas. I don't feel like that's what's doing this game. I feel like you've got two dogmen and three Bigfoot, and they're all kind of playing games. And three that's Bigfoot, all males? Yes. Gangbangers? Yep. Well, you're like, I mean, you're sense. literally looking at a, a group of, you know, having their own game. I mean, really, this is it. They, you know, they're not young, but they're not like in their 30s, I mean, you're talking, from what I can see, they would be in their 20s if you were to look at our type of people. That would be like the mentality and the age bracket that they would be in. And they happen to be out there, and that's not their normal hangout. Like at another time, you know, a couple months down the road, maybe if they're out of there by then, it would be a pleasant place. But right now, they're playing around there. They're hooting and hollering. They're carrying on. It's like a frat house. And he just happened to come in, and now they're playing. They're toying with them. And it's not that uncommon. It does happen. You know, I was, when I was in Michigan, I had the most overwhelming urge to go to Salt Fork in Ohio. And I thought, why? Because it's not close to me at all. And why do I feel like I like needed to go there immediately? And I called a friend of mine and I said, hey, you know, you want to catch up? We'll meet. We'll go over to Salt Fork. And she says, you know better. You know, you know, they're playing with you. And I'm like, yeah, now I know. I know it. they are, but I want to go check it out. You know, and she's like, yeah, well, I'm not so sure that's a good idea. Because when you get in the far back caves at Salt Park, they are not pleasant anymore. That's where the little nasty ones go to. And I didn't go. I mean, I knew better. And I thought, you know, it sounds like fun just to kind of, you know, curiosity kills the cat. So he really needs to rethink where he's going. If he's dead set on that area, maybe in a couple months. But if, you know, myself, I would tell him, you need to find a different location. You don't have to go 10, 15, 20, 30 miles away, but you don't have to be in that spot either. There's a big whole world out there. You can find another spot. And this little group of five is playing games with them, but they're calling him there. That's why he feels this calling that coming from them. It's a form of mind speak. And that's what they're doing. How dangerous is that? Extremely. Um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing that says that they're going to just keep playing. And when are they going to be done playing? And 
Either whenever they whenever they decide it's not fun to play with him anymore, then he's going to disappear. Yeah, I mean, it could really be dangerous. I agree with Duke a hundred percent. I mean, you have a very small portion that when they're done toying with him, just lets them go. But the, at the same time. When they do that, he's going to look at it and say, well, look at I've gone so many times. I'll just keep coming back because now it's safe. And then it's going to piss him off that he's there. And then he could get hurt very easily. I mean, in my opinion. They have two dogmen there, too. They have less patience than Bigfoot do. They do. They're more stoic. And they don't have the patience that the actual Bigfoot do. I really feel like, you know, they're kind of on a level ground with these other three right now as far as who's calling the shots, but they don't have the patience. So when they're done playing, if he still comes around, that's the one thing about the dogman. You know, I, I've not had a lot of problems with them. I have, you know, spoken with bad ones and I, I've had encounters that, you know, I've worked with people that have dealt with the bad ones, but you don't get in their area. They don't like that. Like the Bigfoot are more tolerant of it than a dogman would be. And not all of them are going to be mean and just try to kill you. They'll, they'll come up and they'll tell you through mind speak or through verbal communication that you are not welcome there. You are not to come back under no uncertain terms. But if you do, you will be killed. You know, it's not like there's a, a whole bunch of warnings with them. You're given that notification that it's over, it's done. And now you've got these five that are there. When they're done playing cat and mouse games with them, it could be game over. And there's lots of other options in between everything from bluff charges and screaming and mm-hmm. whatnot to chase them out all the way to uh, this human's getting really annoying. Let me throw this 300-pound log at him and break his leg, and then we'll laugh while he's trying to crawl yep. out. Oh, yeah. I mean, when they're done playing, depending on the individuals, and personally myself, I don't think that's a risk willing to take because if they decide they're done with them and they're just going to let them go, He's going to come out of that experience and say, hey, it finally got better and I'm doing great there and I can continue to come. And all that's going to do is now piss them off because they're letting him go and yet he's coming back like a boomerang. And he's taking that to mean that everything's better and so that he can. And that miscommunication could get him killed. He needs to walk away, find another spot. Yeah, you got to go with your gut. I mean, even if, you know, sometimes Mm -hmm. you're like, geez, I really want to go back to this place again because it's so active and... If your gut's telling you it's dangerous, don't go back there. Yeah, look for the signs because they will give signs. Very subtle. Like you have to really be aware because they're subtle signs, but they will give them. Hmm. I am just surprised on that. I am very surprised on that. Got a question in chat from Hilton. Hilton from way down under. Hey, Hilton. That is a good question. That comes up a lot. Um, and the answer to that is that just like rowdy teenagers, at some point they might get chased out of the group because they're just being too much of a problem and go find a girlfriend somewhere mm-hmm. else. But other ones just are not all that good at following rules. And it's like, well, either you leave the group or we're going to have to kill you because we can't trust you. You don't follow rules. Well, now they're all out on their own. And as tough and uh, resourceful as they are, being all out on your own is not all that easy. And so if they can run into other loners out there, they'll team up with them. And if you got several of these, you know, as Robin was saying, like 20-something type personality types out there, and they already don't follow the rules, and now they teamed up with each other to make it easier to survive, well, guess what happens? Now you got a problem group, and you don't want to be anywhere around those guys. 
Yeah. Okay. And there was a gentleman that popped up, and I'm sorry we didn't get around to answering the question. He had wanted to know if they come around in the bad weather. Um, I can't speak for everybody on the planet, but my group, they absolutely do. Like, I get weather warnings. (laughs) My own little weather station. Um, If it's going to get really bad, I get the pounding on the house. Like right now. Yeah, I got a lot of activity over here in the bushes. Um, But they will come, and I mean, they will. And there's been, I can't even tell you how many times that Pat and I have been asleep, and there's been a storm come up during the night, and they wake us up. Absolutely wake Mm -hmm. us up. Let's get to a couple more. Yeah, and I've observed that in Minnesota, too, during big blizzards and stuff where the deer will all yard up in some low area to stay out of the wind and try and avoid the worst uh, effects of the blizzard, which makes them really easy pickings for the Bigfoot because they've got all this noise and snow coming down. It's easy for them to walk right up on the deer. They only have to take about three steps and they can nab one. And the the other side benefit of hunting in those conditions, besides it makes it easier to grab the prey animals is that the snow buries their tracks. They can run around pretty much anywhere they want, and the snow's mm-hmm. going to bury it. That's why you bring yeah. hairspray. <laughs> well, it's like Joe Monk had said, you know, is this going to stir them up? The women and the children might stay, or some certain ones might, you know, hunker down and stay warm. But I agree again with Duke because the ones that can get out there and hunt, if anything's moving around, they're going to get it. And, I mean, if the weather's that bad, obviously whatever they're going to hunt isn't going to be mobile. It's going to be, you know, all hunkered down as well. But they, it's just, it's not that big a deal to them like you would think it is with us. No, very true. Very true. Let's get to another question from Joe. How long did Bigfoot live? Realistically, there have been some that I've talked to that have said anywhere from 250 to 350. Um, we had one that said he was 438. Now, I, but I, I do want to say this, and this is just my opinion. I have no scientific facts to back this up. The ones that I have noticed that have made it into the hundreds of years like that are ones that use the portals and go into not only physical form but spirit form. The clans that go and stay primarily in physical forms, I have not noticed live as long. I think they have a good, I mean, they're longer than ours, but they don't live to the like some of the other ones per se. But, yeah, they have the potential to live hundreds of years. I agree with Robin. I know somebody else that's an interactor with them, and most of the ones that she interacts with claim to be between, you know, like a human age range and uh, uh, about 200 at the outside, Mm -hmm. except for there's one really old one there who's a, a tribe leader that says he's almost 900 years old. Yeah. Yeah, it's, so when, it's when he was a little when he was a little squatchlet, knights in armor were still running around beating the snot out of each other with broadswords. Yep. Hmm. Well, that's almost biblical. That age category. It, yeah. It, literally, it is. But yeah. that's a human. He apparently lived around that age too. So there you go. Well, you know what they say that you know our people used to live like that, and then you know as time progressed and foods got added. Things got added into our foods. It's decreased it. And they're supposed to be, now they've got it to the point where people are dying too young. And I had, I can't remember what I had read it in. And they were talking about that sometime, at some point from 
2025 on up, they're supposed to be pulling that back so that uh, the lifespan for humans are older. They, they live longer. But again, you know, right now the world's overpopulated. So whether or not they will do that, I don't know. Let's get to another question here. This one from Michael. Do you ever leave cat toys or dog toys or treats out for them, Robin? All the time. Um, I used to leave food out all the time when I was in Michigan. I don't do that now, and I, I don't recommend it all the time. Like, you know, Duke goes out to his area. He's not out there every week, so when he goes, he takes food for him. It works out beautifully. Like, he's the bacon guy. They know he's bringing bacon. He gets a shopping list from him, and he follows it to the T. But that's not on an everyday basis year-round. I did that for a while when I didn't know any better. My group was wonderful. I had no problems. That is not the case all the time. And they can get really rowdy and really ticked when you quit giving them food. As far as cat toys, dog toys, yeah, I left dolls out for the kids, baby toys out, blankets, puzzles. I left all kinds of stuff. And they still to this day, like I have, you know, these very large pens that I have for the feral cats that we've caught and have tamed down and, you know, take care of so the coyotes can't get them. And, but there's latched doors on them. They go in there and take the toys out of there and play with them all the time. You know, so we still will leave certain things out for them that they can play with or that they can do. If there's a certain food that they need or want or a seasoning that, you know, that they use for medicinal purposes or whatever, they just tell us and we get it. But yeah, they, they'll play with all that stuff. They'd like that car that you left out. Yeah, they still haven't moved it. Still haven't moved it. They've, they've picked it up. They played with it because they talk about the car. Mm, the red one or the blue one? The blue one. Of course it's the blue one. They like blue. They, they do. Red is an angry color. They like blue. Blue means calm and soft. You know, so they want blue. Blue sky and white floaty clouds. Two favorite colors. Yep. Gee whiz. Gee whiz. <laughs> They're just like giant hippies, Dave. <laughs> but should I leave them a should I leave them a, a, a bucket of mimosas as well? You know? There you go. <laughs> That's all you need is something a thousand pounds drunk. That'll be great. <laughs> it's gonna be one hell of a party. <laughs> oh my gosh, party till you drop, I'm telling you. Well that happened You'll to go a couple out there of... in the entire Go out there in the entire woods. It's got all the trees pulled out and upside down with the root sticking out. That actually happened to a couple of bootleggers in Kentucky. They had their their big latest batch of illegal whiskey all ready to go, and they already had it in the mason jars. And they were going to come out and early in the morning, load it up in the vehicle, and go NASCAR around and drop it off. And when they got out there, they were hearing these weird noises, and they heard glass smashing a couple times. And they came up closer, and there's this thing laying there next to their still, and it's got this jar, and it smashes it on the rock, and it's trying to lick the whiskey off the rock before it all goes all over the ground. And it looks up and sees them, and it goes, and they're both going, what the hell is that thing? And then, of course, it realizes, oh, humans. And it, like, drunkenly crawls away on all fours, leaning heavily to both sides, trying to get away from the humans. And they're both just so dumbfounded. They don't know what to do. And according to the report, they stood there for a couple minutes. And then the one goes, we need to move our still. And the other one said, agreed. When I was back in Michigan, we lived probably like four miles away from town. And we were back in the woods. 
And there was this little neighborhood bar in there. And they would go and raid the dumpster there every night. I didn't have alcohol at my house. I had kids. I was a single mom. I had kids. And so I didn't have booze there. I'd get up in the morning. It looked like there was a concert from Guns N' Roses in my woods every morning. Like there was more booze bottles than you can even imagine. Giant footprints all over the place. You could see where they fell over logs. They fell over little saplings of trees all broken all over. And bottle after bottle after bottle. Igor and I went and put a beer out for them one time. We hung this bucket up. We put a beer on it. And it had a screw on top. Or not the screw on, but the kind that you have to have the little prong things to pop it up and we went out there and they had ripped the top off of it and drank half of it down but they must not have liked it because they never finished it they only did half of it but like i would go out in the woods and it was hard liquor we're not talking the the little stuff okay we're talking like vodka whiskey jack daniels you know we found peppermint schnapps out there and i was like for the love of god they're gonna come out and take away my kids thinking i'm out here drinking all the time and i don't even drink you know Where are they looting all these booze bottles from? They were getting it from that bar. And there was still a little bit of booze in it. You know, I mean, I don't know if they're just taking the bottles and trying to get something out of it. If there was still some liquid in it, I have no idea. But every morning it was the same thing. It's like one of my jobs in the morning after I took the kids to school is let's go clean up the booze bottles from the woods. And you're talking that where they were at, they were like 25, 30 feet from my front door. (laughs) It was awful. Just awful. Like they were relentless. I can totally see that. Where a Sasquatch. (laughs) Keep drinking Sasquatch. Get off my yard. (laughs) I'm telling you. It's like Frat House Central. They get out there with it and they're having a ball. God. Mm -hmm. Well, there's one potentially worse thing, and that's something that some of the uh, researchers down in Florida have noticed that. In the uh, cow pastures down there, psychedelic mushrooms grow naturally. And they found some of them with big, suspicious bite marks taken out of them. They're like, what's kind of mouth that big that'll take a bite out of a mushroom? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we found out skunk apes eat them. So what's worse than a drunken Sasquatch? (laughs) A tripping skunk ape is worse than a Uh, drunken Sasquatch. Well, and the wild hogs get them, and then they get higher than a kite, too. Yeah, exactly. There's the other option. Tripping hell pigs running around in the jungle going after you. (laughs) That's all we need. You imagine that? <laughs> Get off my stump! You know, you look out in the front yard and you got, you know, the Bigfoot and the dogman out there doing a conga because everybody's drunk off their butts, you know? <laughs> oh. oh, my God. This is what this show has diluted to right now. <laughs> <laughs> Bigfoot and skunk apes getting drunk and eating mushrooms. Well, I know the stuff that goes on is crazy. It's like absolute insane asylum. The ultimate forest. Hippies. Well, there's the d- dangerous yeah. side to the skunk apes too. They're a lot less uh, reliable and trustworthy than the Sasquatch are. They don't have much in the way of rules. No, they, they're they very uncivilized. Very dangerous. Yeah, yeah. They um, they're very uncivilized. They're not at the level that you would find a normal North American Bigfoot. That doesn't mean that some aren't nice. Some of them are. But they are really scattered. I mean, figure with ADHD. I'll get you to hold on right there, Robin. Super Duke and Robin McRae, we got them right after Swamp Dweller. Kick off hour number three. Next on Spaced Out Radio.
You know what's funny is both of you are coming in absolutely clear on our YouTube, and it's me that's blurry. Maybe not so much anymore, but <laughs> weird. Gonna have to hit up Cable Guy Matt. You guys, no, chat. Peter. You guys, Peter. chat away. It's I'll like be right you, back. Yeah, it's some. Exactly. Now you're breaking up. Exactly. Now that he said that, you're breaking up. Yeah, I can't hear you. I'm hearing whistling. Why do I hear whistling now? Everybody left me. Trying to figure out which way these guys are coming in from. And right now I've got all three sides. But nobody's showing themselves. They're just making noises. Now we have knocking. Hmm. Why do we have mosquitoes? It's supposed to be fall. do if I knock back. Oh, that is so cool. All right, Mr. Possum, off the porch. You, I don't need up here. Here. 
There. Eat your cat food down there. You're not coming up here with me. Hello, Wild Aloof Rebel. Welcome to SOR Chat. By the way, for everybody looking for new swag, I just put up a new t-shirt today. I'll show it to you guys. You can come back up in a minute, buddy. Where are we? You guys miss all kinds of stuff, Dave. I'm always missing <laughs> stuff. Hold on, one I'm sitting here and this person comes up on the porch with me. <laughs> so I want our audience to go to our shop here. We got some great, uh, just put up a new, where are they here? Where are they? I gotta what find them. Uh, don't forget your Merle t-shirts, your Sasquatch t-shirts, your Shark t-shirts. Where are they here? Of course, I'm not going to find them here now. Hot damn it. Uh, where are they here? They're not showing yet. Oh, they haven't loaded yet. I just put up uh, uh, I'm Alien AF. Just built that for you guys. Oh, cool. I don't know where I didn't see them because they were on here. Let's go here for a second. I just put them up. Uh, Where's my store? Right here. There they are. Long sleeve shirts for the winter that read I'm oh, alien as blank. <laughs> there you go. I'm alien as F. If you want those or in the shorter the shorter sleeves, there you go. Just put them up for you. Spacedoutradio.com. Here we go, everyone. Thank you for the super chatters. Here goes our number three. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate Earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Decatees. Decatees is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp, our resident swamp dweller, 
takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. Thunder roared across the sky. The loud booms echoed overhead like a giant strolling through the area amidst the rain, which tapped on the windows like claws prying their way into the safety of the cabin. I was stranded, alone in the darkness of the wooden shelter. I found myself in a precarious predicament. I didn't get much time before the storm hit. It was so sudden, you may even say it was bizarre. The last thing I remember before it all started was I had walked off the path to a side trail to forage for some stuff I had seen on TikTok that might be in the area. However, I noticed something was off. The trees, they just weren't right. I couldn't put my finger on it at first, but as I walked on, it hit me. None of the trees were different here, all completely symmetrical, almost as if someone copied and pasted one all over this part of the forest. Only then did I notice the sky. Inky black clouds blotted out the sun in an array of unnatural shapes and the thick foliage overhead made it hard to see, but my visibility dropped to near blindness. I knew I had to find shelter and fast, but I didn't know where I was anymore. My only hope was the trail which thankfully hadn't gone away yet. I didn't know where it went, but I knew it had to go somewhere, and indeed it had to end sometime soon. So that was my plan. I booked it full throttle down the trail. This was a mistake. As the first crack of thunder shook the sky, with it came the tears of God, an immense downpour and the likes I had never seen before. I had only been running for ten minutes before my luck ran out, and I slipped into the wet earth beneath me. Falling hard and forward, a blinding white flash illuminated my downfall. I could see the cabin ahead of me, right before I ate a serving of mud pie. The shelter was within my grasp at last. I didn't get up right away though, and I think I regret that the most because then I heard it. Among all the noises, one stood out as I rested my eyes. It was faint, but it was there. A wet slapping noise was quick, like bare feet in the mud headed this way but not on the trail. As it grew closer, you could hear the trees falling as they tore through the dense forest, each crash distant, rumbling the earth as if it was competing with the sky's voice. My heart fell ten stories in my chest as the threat was realized. I only came out here for some fungi, not for whatever this thing was. I tried quickly to get up, desperately trying to avoid slipping as I did. I hurried to the cabin as the sky and earth shook together in an elaborate song for the lightning to dance to. That thing drew near as I made it to the door. I prayed for the first time in my life that it wouldn't be locked, and to my amazement it was not. I ran through the doorway, slammed it, and I fell around the edge of the door and locked it in a panic and made sure all the windows were locked as well. As I heard the trees crashing just outside accompanied by that dreadful wet slapping, I I almost thought I was too late. But I had found it. A latch. I couldn't help but chuckle as I realized just how little this would probably do. But I obviously locked everything regardless, as it could buy me just a second of time. After I had an opportunity to get my bearings together, I turned away from the door as another flash illuminated the interior through a nearby window. There was a table upside down in the middle of the room. Everything was coated in a thick layer of dust, and chairs were knocked over and astray. There appeared to be no other furniture and only two rooms, the second being the bathroom. There was no food, water, or any sign of life. 
I can only wait out the storm and hope that that thing doesn't find me here. That brings us to where we are now, suffocated in the blackness inside the far corner of the cabin. The tension in the air as thick as I desperately racked my brain for an idea. My thoughts were interrupted by terror as a loud slam made the door shudder, followed by a horrible scream. It was so shrill I had to cover my ears. I, I thought they might explode. My head was pounding as it ceased its screaming. Not waiting for a second assault on my ears, I quickly checked for a bathroom. Maybe it'd have a small window I could climb out of. Unfortunately, the window in the main room was close to the door and I knew I couldn't outrun that thing. I couldn't let it see me leave the cabin. I entered the bathroom instantly, seeing a lack of any window. I wanted to give up and cry, but there had to be something, anything. I returned to the main room just as quickly as I had left. I screamed. My voice filled with terror and despair as I saw it. A bright flash lit up just enough to catch a glimpse of it as it stood crouched outside the window peering in. Its empty black sockets devoid of life but filled with rage. It was a deer skull, no doubt. It wasn't too tall and its anatomy was all wrong, almost broken as if it were in agony and its bones were screaming. It radiated death and I was frozen in its cold stare. In the corner of my eye, I noticed a fireplace as another flash illuminated the room, but the creature had disappeared at this point and I knew it couldn't be far, only trying to find a way in. So I dove for the fireplace. After being snapped out of my days, it was my last option. I didn't give it good odds. Part of me already dug a grave for myself in my mind. I didn't get far inside before the sound of wood splintering shattered any hope I had left. The door flew off its hinges against the back wall, the creature audibly slamming into the wall with it probably having jumped full force into it. I made sure to tuck my feet in amongst all the commotion, but my breathing panicked and I had difficulty calming myself down. I was sure it would find me as I could hear the wood groan under the weight of each step it took as it searched around. One heavy thud after the other, slow and deliberate. Each one sent an icy chill down my spine. Then the smell hit me. It must have been just in front of the fireplace. It smelt like earth and rot with the metallic blood smell mixed in. It was putrid like a decaying corpse in a shallow grave, but it was much worse. My throat felt ticklish. The stench was too much and I couldn't hold it any longer. I gagged hard, spitting up below. It snarled and its maw snapped with a primal hunger as it shoved its head inside the base of the fireplace. I screamed in horror as hot tears steamed down my face desperately trying to go up further in the fireplace. As I thrashed, I managed to make it about five feet up the chimney, but it too was trying to cram its massive frame inside. My muscles were sore and I was tired. I felt like giving up as I watched it well. I sobbed and screamed, my arms and legs were shaking under the strain as I pressed hard against the inside of the chimney. Finally, I felt my consciousness begin to fade under the stress as I looked down at the creature, its vicious snarling and biting never ceasing as it seemingly got closer and closer and that's the last thing I remember before I fainted inside the chimney. I thought that would be the last time I'd ever be alive, however I woke up which was a surprise. I didn't think that was possible. If I were dead, which I without a doubt was, but no, I wasn't to my dismay. I had got stuck in the chimney, so I had never fallen when I fainted. It must have given up at some point, but not without much effort. Bricks had been completely torn away, and it still wasn't enough to reach me. And for that, I'm grateful. But there was still a problem. I was still stuck in the chimney, and the cabin was abandoned. No one would be coming here purposely. I didn't even know where it was. Was there even hope for an escape in this strange forest of identical trees? Or was I doomed as soon as I went off the main trail? I really can't tell. 
I'll only be able to live so long stuck in the chimney without food or water. I've been trying to get unstuck for about an hour now, and my phone is about to die. So I'm finished writing this as not a send-off, but a warning. If you find this phone, I beg you, please share my story. I'm sure you'll have a dreadful time reading it at first, so it's up to us. If you ever find this place in the forest where every tree is identical, turn back now. Don't be lured into its dark corners where the creature roams, waiting for you to enter its domain. Well, that's not freaky, is it? A guy dying in a chimney that nobody can find? That's why we love the swamp dweller around here who comes in every Monday through Friday night on Spaced Out Radio. And, and you know, it's it's great, great radio that, you know, some people call it creepy pasta. Some people call it story times. Some people call it, you know, true stories. Whatever you want to believe, that's what Swamp Dweller does. And you go over to his channel where there's thousands of free stories at youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads and hit that subscribe button as well to show your appreciation. All right, let's continue on with the cryptid report. Yeah, Super Duke needs his intro again. Super Duke and uh, Robin McCray continue on with us here. We got a bunch of questions as we continue the extended cryptid report. We're going to go for probably another oh thirty minutes, and that'll be it for tonight. But well, I got to do the Shirky Poo's news, which I'll get to. Duke, Robin, welcome back. Thanks. Great to be back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Duke, I noticed you trimmed up your beard, I wish beard you guys too. were here tonight. <laughs> this is crazy. You got opossums on the on the front deck. You got Sasquatch in the trees, <laughs> banging the, you know, partying like it's 1999. I don't even know what they have in there. You know, like if you were to pound on like a metal pie plate or a cookie pan or something, that's what it sounds like. And when you guys were gone, they just did it again. When you guys were gone, it was coming over off to the side in the bushes. So I leaned over to the railing on the porch, and it was only doing, it would do one hit at a time. It would do a hit, and it would wait for a few seconds, and then one more, and it would wait for a few seconds, then another one. Okay, now what's over there? So I went ahead, and I knocked three times on the deck and went one, two, three really fast, and it imitated it. Lovely. Like, okay. Lovely. So then I get done watching this, and I turn around, and this possum comes up on the porch, and he's like a foot and a half away from me. <laughs> it's like, what in the heck's going on? So I grab a thing of food that I leave up here for the feral cats, and the possum comes up every night when the feral cats are done, and he gets his food, but generally he doesn't do it when I'm sitting here. <laughs> I'm like, this is like, they're coming in on all sides. It's it's a right, and it's way too big. Like, I would say it's another possum or a raccoon, but whatever it is, is bigger than me, and I'm big enough. So, I don't know what is going on. This is like a riot. They're usually not that active when I'm sitting out here. 
there's like three different spots. The one that was on the one side has now moved up the tree line towards going towards the road a little bit. The one on the other side was pounding on this metal, whatever the hell it is it has over there. I have no idea. I've lost control. <laughs> Doing the thing. Well, that's the way it goes sometimes. Let's get to some audience <laughs> questions here. Midwest Night Watchers wants to know, if any of Bigfoot get hit by lightning, would it hurt them? Yes. Got a report yeah. of that happening. There was one that was uh, up in a tree during a lightning storm. The tree got hit by lightning. Tree fell over, landed on Bigfoot, and the uh, Bigfoot was pretty well fried by the lightning bolt anyway. But, yeah, yeah. that killed it. Yeah. Well, that's not very nice. The, yeah, I well, mean, that's I, a whole lot of voltage, you know, even something big and powerful like them, kapow, done. Yeah, I would think that would be a big problem, but they could absolutely get hurt. All right, let's continue on to another question here from Raz. Robin and Duke, why am I asking them about the UFO report? Oh, let's get into UFOs and Sasquatch. Do they like the UFOs chasing them through the forest? I've heard a lot of reports about that. Not particular. Well, it depends on which ra which race is after them. Like, there's is certain races that are actually trying to actively kill them. So, no, they don't like those. Those are bad. Those are not their friends. There are other races they get along with. There's been multiple people that have actually seen them on ships. Um, we had activity in the front yard from them. They were hooping and hollering and carrying on the other night. And we have a camera, a security camera, and we were watching the security camera and this big white like saucer type thing came above um, our floodlight in the front yard. We've got a picture of it. And it just looks like this big gargantuan orb because it was so bright. But it was out when they were out and they didn't have a problem with it at all. So it depends on the species. Yeah, it depends. Like the grays obviously want them dead. There's some other ones that want them dead as well. Um, but there are some that they're actually quite friendly with. And those particular ones, people have seen them on ships with. Gotcha. And I know, you know, the Bosnia Pyramid several years ago started transmitting noises out of it. And they had put it, taken that transmission, and they put it on YouTube so everybody could hear it because it was so astounding because all these thousands of years had gone by and never made a sound. And so I took it and I played it for my guys outside. They were so excited. Oh, my gosh. It was like Mardi Gras out in my woods. They were hooting and hollering and carrying. They were really excited. They were happy. I have no idea what people they thought were coming, but they were excited. They were out and about. They were walking around my yard uncloaked. I mean, they were like happy little people. Really? And what would get them excited about that? That's a good question. Now somebody I know somebody that was actually military that was involved over there when they uh, dug down into the Bosnian pyramids and got to see all the hypothetical stuff that got leaked that supposedly is down there and confirms 100% it is, in fact, down there. And he is still connected to the military and is not free to talk about it. But all that weird stuff you heard about underground chambers and force fields and giants in stasis. And, yeah, he says all that's true. Yeah. See, that's just eerie. That's just eerie. Let's go to D. Swiger. 
Do they mate, marry, yeah. or just mate? Is it for life, relationship stuff? Um, it, my experience with them, it's, you know, I don't know if you want to call it a date. I mean, it, it's just the way they live their lives. They choose a mate, you know, they hang out together. Um, do they marry? I, I've never seen one do that. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen, but that's not what I would consider the norm. I mean, they dedicate themselves to them there, but you know, there's also been people that have, have seen them have more than one wife. But if you look at our people, we have polygamists too. So again, it's, you know, I've got like Misama, he has just one wife. He has no desire for another one. She's enough. And, you know, she's as sweet as can be. And they've got the kids and and he'll be here soon because he comes for the winter. He comes when it gets cold. All right. We don't bother the cat. So let me just whack the side of the cat. Um, But, you know, there are others that they claim have more than one wife. Most of the ones around me don't, you know, in all honesty, they just have the one, but you know, it is possible. Well, it does, but make sense. They have a- it does make sense though, that they would have more than one wife, you know, it, mm-hmm. because the majority of, of wildlife out there, they are about mating and spreading out, you know, the seed. So that way there is no, mm-hmm. no, uh, uh, you know, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, the, there's a, there's continued health in the species. Yeah. That's yeah, why they I mean, chase the sub, sub-adults out of the clans, go find yourself a girlfriend somewhere. Yeah. And then that's one of the reasons you see some of these younger ones yeah. wandering around, you know, seven, eight, nine footers wandering around by themselves. Where are they, where, where are they going? <laughs> they just got yeah. chased out. Go find yourself a girlfriend. Yep. But as far mm-hmm. as the, uh, you know, you would think that yes, if it was possible, they would have a harem. But it seems that the availability of female Sasquatches is a lot more limited than the availability of female humans is for us. There's yeah, less of them, so they don't really have that option. And the younger subadult females that don't have a mate or anything that are in a family group, the alpha male will protect them from amorous advances from anybody else in the group, unless they got his permission. And if they can't take a hint, then they become a lone Sasquatch. Right. Well, and as far as for life, I mean, I think they go into it thinking that, you know, they are going, most of them will stay with that, that particular one for life. But again, they're a type of people. If there's going to be problems, if they're not getting along, they'll separate. They'll absolutely separate. They're not going to stay locked together Either that or, you know, they'll take another mate on top of it, and that one might be ostracized a little bit or, you know, whatever. But, you know, they they seem to be, there's longevity there, but that doesn't mean that that doesn't, that's not going to stop, you know, should they not get along. Okay, so when you get, are they much like deer or bear or moose where after a couple of years, they run the youngsters out in order for the youngsters no. to go. Mm-hmm. No, no, they are. Yeah, no, it no, depends they... on the behavior. And if the carrying capacity on the land is big enough, they could have several generations of Sasquatch mm-hmm. all living in the same place. Yeah. They, when it comes to their maternal side, we're or nothing compared to how maternal they are. They love deeper. They love harder. When they're angry, they feel deeper, they feel harder. 
when it comes to their children, um, the maternal level is excessively deep. They may not do things with their children how we do it, but they feel deeper. And they are, I mean, even more protective than what we are. And if they give their kids a spanking, the kid remembers it. Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. They believe in corporal punishment. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not you've got a timeout, leave the Game Boy on the table. You know, I mean, you get in trouble there and you're something flying, you know, really. Um, they are much harsher, but they are also excessively loving and love much deeper. And they're a lot more protective even than what we are. You got to think that in a certain way, they're especially if they're near humans, their behavior is more like a military commando unit mm-hmm. because everything has to be predicated around avoid humans, don't let humans yeah. see you, hide your presence all the time, and that strict sort of military reg- regimentation that's you know mentally, yeah. if you screw things up, we all can die. Therefore, yeah. if you screw up, you're going to get punished big time. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, they. Uh... Well, like in the case with Misama, I mean, he's a much older Bigfoot, but his mate, I mean, she, I think, God, she's got to be in her 30s now, maybe early 40s, where he's older than, much older than her. But, I mean, you know, they have a ton of kids, and he has never, when he's here, he's never brought anybody else with him. You know, but I know other ones that have had multiple wives, and I think a lot of it may have to do with if they're paired up with one that can no longer have children anymore and they still are trying to, you know, have kids to increase the population, you know, various things. All right. We got Super Duke. We got Robin McRae for a few more minutes here going into the final half hour of Spaced Out Radio. Then we got Shirky Poo's News, a jam-packed final half hour of the Mighty SOR. Next. Stay tuned. All right, we're clear. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they're doing tonight. It's crazy. Like, even more so than normal. Can you get one of them to throw a log at the house or something? Or No, but you know what? Somebody taught... It was funny because I was sitting here. There's no wind. No wind whatsoever. And I'm sitting here, and all of a sudden, this, gar- this leaf just comes flying up on the porch. But yet you don't see anything. There's no wind. There's no nothing. Just a lone leaf comes flying up on the porch. I'm like, okay. I don't know. And I don't know what they're pounding on over there. It literally sounded like a metal pan. But they were only, they would do one thack, and then they'd stop for a minute. And then they'd do one thack, and they'd stop for a minute. And then as soon as I knocked three times on the porch, they switched it over to knocking three times. I was out of my research area with Mike, and we were hearing this weird sound from across the river. Boop, boop. Boop, boop. And we both recognized it, and we went, is that the lighter fluid can? Because the temperature is dropping, and it's sealed tightly. So it's mm-hmm. creating more of a vacuum, and the sides are going boop in, and it's making that sound. Yeah. And he walks over and he looks at it and he goes, it doesn't look like it. And right as he's looking at it, we hear the sound again. And clearly it's coming from across the river. So either there's one of them over there mimicking that sound or he's got an empty lighter fluid can that he's going beep, 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 and squeezing to make that sound with it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They're, they've just been bizarre tonight. Like, even for them. But, you know, they have to be up here because, like, tonight, I let, before I came on air, 
I let the dog out and it was really pretty quiet and back. Like nobody was running around hooting and hollering and carrying on like they normally do. Dogs weren't paying him any attention, which was really odd. But then all night tonight, they've been at my bedroom window watching out the front yard. Like everybody's had their snouts up to the window in the front yard watching outside. Um, Now you must have an audience out there. Yeah. Some nights it's really dead quiet and other nights it's like a, you know, a frat house. And they were, there was somebody across the street, right across the dirt road, because I could hear them walking. Every now and then you'd see this big, large, dark shadow going between a tree, but you couldn't see, like, facial features or anything. You just saw this big, dark shadow. And that walked down a ways, and now that's gone quiet. Now it's all in the side bushes out that go by the house. I'll go to bed. They'll be tapping on the window all night now. <laughs> Robin, they do. Robin, it, wake up, Robin. <laughs> they do, and they they did it. This one, this one youngster kept coming up and doing it, and I worked with him for like two months. Where he would tap, I would tap back, and he would do it. I'd be sitting right there, and you couldn't see him because he would cloak, but I could feel where he was. But he would tap back, and I would tap at it, and I'd go and I'd stand back away from the window so he felt safe to tap it. And that went on for a few months. And I went, happened to go out in the kitchen for something. And I hear Pat, and it had woke him up. It was doing it, and I wasn't in there. And he's like, I have got to sleep. Will you knock it off? And I, he stopped doing it. I was so mad. I was like, what did you do? I've been doing this for months. So he finally, he told him, he says, no, you can do it again. You can tap on the window again. And about a week later, he started back up. But I was like, don't you ever tell him you can't do it. I've been trying to get him to do it. We've got it just over a minute, guys. Hmm, Super Duke went on mute. He's like, screw this, I'm going on mute. Screw you guys. (laughs) Good crown tonight. Good crowd. My my computer is doing weird things. If I disappear abruptly, that's what happened. It's going to get loud for a minute. My neighbor's leaving with the semi. All right. I'll mute you while I uh, do the intro here. Just in case. Yep. All right. Um, big thank you to Midwest David, Jenny, Jeff, Dutch, and Typical for the Super Chats tonight. It's a wonderful way to support what we do. Don't forget, you can always go on our website, spacedoutradio.com. Check out our swag. Got some cool stuff there. We're going to be adding some cool stuff very, very soon. And I always like to change things up. What can I say? That's what I like. And, of course, a big thank you to Robin and Duke for coming on in and staying late with us tonight. Two class individuals, even if Duke had to chase kids off his lawn earlier tonight and through all the Halloween last night. Here we go, everyone. Robin, I'm going to mute you here.
tonight. Final half hour, Spaced Out Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Little trivia question for Robin McRae and Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio as we continue Cryptid Report. At the yeah. end of this month on the 30th, do you know the significance of that date? November 30th? November 30th. No, I should. What is going on? That will be the 8th anniversary of us being on air. Nice. That's wonderful. Congratulations. Eight years. Sweet. Eight years. That is fantastic. Coming on up fast. We've been on air about the same amount of time, Dave. I had a channel a little bit before that, but I wasn't doing anything with it. That's right about when I started actually putting out anything. Yeah, my God. Time flies when you're having fun in the woo. And this is why we do it. We continue to do it. Yep. That's awesome. All right. Let's start off with Nicole Sackage here. Do Bigfoot ever sing or dance? 100% yes. Yepper depper do. Do they like a good polka or or what what do they have (laughs) for? I got a report from somebody down in the deep south, and he was playing some old um, southern fried blues rock. I can't remember who it was. It was like Stevie Ray or something like that. And he had it really cranked up, and he decided he was, you know, going to finish packing up camp and take off. And he turned the music in the car stereo off, and he got this huge scream roar Mm -hmm. from the hillside about 100 feet away. And oh, my God. You know, what the hell just did that? He's freaking out, you know. So he's grabbing all of his stuff as fast as he can, throwing it in the car, turns the car on, the the music comes back on again. As soon as the music comes back on again, the noise stops. He's like, wait, is there a correlation here? As soon as the song came back on again, it quit making a racket. So he left the car running with the the, the music blasting as loud as he could while he finished loading everything up. And then he got in, he turned the song off. Immediately the roaring and screaming started again. So apparently this one was a music critic. It really liked that song, and as soon as the song stopped, it got mad. Oh God. That reminds- I used to at Christmas time, I would put a boom box out with Christmas music. They would go crazy. If I had batteries in it, that boom box would get drugged all through the woods. Christmas music blaring the whole time. And once they burned through the batteries, I'd have it out on an extension cord and it was still getting moved as far out as they could. They loved it. They absolutely loved it. My kids would play music and they play pop music or whatever. You would hear them out there chattering away. You know, I'd go out with them at two o'clock in the morning. They'd be doing all these little chants and stuff and moving around in a circle or whatever. They love it. They're into the music. I had a native lady from uh, Oklahoma up here earlier this summer, went out and did a little short afternoon research trip with me. That's when we found the 
trackway of the 18 inch tracks and she was telling me about she goes to the powwows down there every year and they have all the tribal singing and dancing going on and they do the same songs and stuff and everybody's just having a great old time and she said a couple times she's wandered away from the group over to the edge of the wood line and she's hearing the same music coming from inside the woods so she walked a little ways in, and she realized somebody else is singing the same song, but those aren't human voices. They're way too deep. What's going on out here, here in the woods right now? Well, I'm going to tell you a story that this, honest to God, Janice Carter was here at the time. It was insanity. We were here, and I have this big bush and tree line that goes up and down my property. And on the one side, it was like 11, 12 o'clock at night. And we can hear music coming out of these bushes, like music. It was like revival type music, but we had never heard of it. I mean, it was close to that, but it wasn't exactly the same. There's no electrical power out there, like none. There's nothing there. We walked out to the bush and the music would stop. Pretty soon my next door neighbor came over and she was like, what is going on? Like, what is, you know, can you turn down the music? It was loud. We could hear it in the house. And she said, it's been going for over an hour. And I said, you know, I, honey, I would love to, but I don't have any music playing. And so they came up and they're like, but it's coming from inside your bushes. And I'm like, I know. And this went on for hours. So Janice Carter and I got in the car and we're out in the middle of the woods. Like there's really not a lot out here. And we drove up and down all these back roads and dirt roads and everything. There was no music anywhere but come up to my bush and all this revival type music would come out of my bush. And you'd go up to the house and sit on the porch and you'd see the bushes were shaken and the music still playing. I don't know how they did it. I don't even want to know. I mean, but there was nothing out there to play music and there was no boom box. There was nothing. Robin, would that be like, would it matter the type of music from say classical, which is relaxing, you know, to heavy metal, like, what what kind of music do they prefer? They don't like, you know, you get a lot of your rap music, the heavy rap that can be really intense and almost to the point where it's angry. Mm -hmm. They don't like that. It, it actually does make them angry because they sense the vibrations. They sense the energy. That makes it very difficult for them. They like happy. They like upbeat. They like um, your classical. They like country they do really well with country. They love Native American music. They do really well with gospel music. You know, anything upbeat and warm and loving and friendly, they do well with. But when you get into, and even, like, you can do rap if it's if it's an upbeat and happy type thing that would raise your energy and your vibration. But when you get into the darker stuff, it doesn't go well at all. No. They actually don't like it. They'll scream, holler, carry on. One of the things I hear over and over that they like is really simple, like uh, children's songs and stuff like that. Yeah, really nothing like too complex. Kind of yeah, yeah, they yeah the complex stuff. You have to look at them as this incredibly intelligent being, but at the same time, think ADHD, where they can only handle so much stimulation at one time because they get overstimulated really easy. The only reason we can handle the level of overstimulation that we're accustomed to is because we're accustomed to it. Yep. If you were from some primitive island and had never had access to internet or TV or any of this stuff, you'd be so overwhelmed by it, you wouldn't know what to do mm -hmm. with it. No, very yeah. true. Very true. Let's go to Tex here from Texas Front Porch, and he has one of the best beards in cryptozoology. 
That's for sure. And if not the best. <laughs> He's asking, when they give birth, is, um, is it something they go off and do solo, or do they have nurses, healers that tend to them during the process? Do you want to do it, Kriyami, too? Well, from what I've heard, they do actually get a safe, protected space and go off and do it by themselves. But go ahead, Robin. They do. Um, there's some that will get several other females with them. So they have like that that group. Um, I do healing work on them through energy and, and various things. And they've gotten hold of me, like if there's been a difficult birth or that kind of thing. And there's always some that are around them. But they they don't, it's not like they're going to hang out with the rest of the clan. You know, they're going to go to a more secluded area. Or if they're going to stay in their own area, they'll have a few of the women there. You know, if they think, think there's a problem, they might have a healer there or something like that. But, you know, I think it stays relatively private. I know when I was in Siberia and we went in that one, um, Aziz Cave, there was a section in there that was like a little alcove. And they had a nest in the walkthrough part of it. And it was actually because um, the female would have the children and then they would be in that back part of the cave. They couldn't get out of that section without crossing that nest. And that way she could lay there and rest. All right, let's get to human Carl here. What kind of leftover Halloween candy do they like? Robin, I got this one. They like anything <laughs> that's sweet. And I was just talking to one of my friends today that has a whole lot of too many Sasquatch hanging around on one of her friend's properties kind of out the middle of nowhere but still near enough that kids do trick-or-treat there and they had one of the big plastic pumpkins full of candy sitting out on the porch <laughs> and right about shortly after all the trick-or-treaters quit showing up all the candy disappeared well they found out later on uh, today which sasquatch took all the candy and ate it and that they also have a stomach ache yep <laughs> Yes, indeed. Let's move on to another question. They need to find the spearmint leaves. Skip to Malou is asking, why is blue their favorite color? I don't know that it's their favorite color. I know that they like it. You know, I would assume because it's a calming color. I know Dave's group, um, where he had the two cars that they were really prone to like the blue. Duke's group seems to like blue real well. You know, I, it, it's an individual thing. It's not a favorite color, but it is a calming color for them. You know, they they obviously, whatever they're going to pick up or whatever they're going to touch, they want something that isn't fearful to them or makes it feel angry. Where You know, like some of them like the red, you know, but red is supposed to be an angry color. But, you know, some of them prefer it. Duke? Yeah, that's a generalization. I mean, you've got individuals that have... Just like any human or even the smarter animals mm -hmm. and stuff, they all have likes and dislikes. But in yeah. general, they seem to prefer blue and white for colors. Mm -hmm. All right, let's continue on here. As YJ is asking, Robin, Sasquatch on Haida Gwaii. If so, do they even know the mainland exists? So Haida Gwaii, up until a number of years ago, uh, was called the Queen Charlotte Islands north of Vancouver Island. Well, they absolutely know what ex the mainland exists. They choose to live where they're living. If you go even on Vancouver Island, here's the thing about Vancouver Island. Um, I did remote work on Vancouver Island, got about 10, maybe 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago, or 9, 10 years ago. And you've got two sections of that island. And on one end, 
are the ones that are very highly aggressive and actually hate humans, are humans. The other one are very comfortable around humans. And while they aren't running up and shaking their hand, they're also very kind and everything. And I got contacted with a friend of mine because the bad ones had tried to come down across the island there and cause problems with them. And they eventually, we got them all separated. But yeah, they know where it's at. They choose to be where they want to be. And that makes you know, the mainland is... You're talking mm-hmm. about the Highland area in the northern part of Vancouver Island where they keep finding the upside-down trees stuck in the ground yep. where, where the bad Sasquatch live. Yep. <laughs> the ones that Absolutely. not only mess with humans, but they'll eat other Sasquatch too. Yeah. Bad. And as far as knowing about the mainland, they're well aware of the mainland. But, I mean, I haven't been to Vancouver a lot, but I've been there before. And it's very congested. There's a lot of people there. So I think they're much more comfortable staying out on the island. Doesn't mean that they're not going to come into Vancouver and get, you know, fish or whatever. I mean, they get whatever they want. But, yeah, they know exactly what they're doing. They're aware of the mainland. If they could see it, if they could see one island or whatever from another, they can go to it because they can swim that far. And there's been two eyewitness reports of people seeing them swimming between the mainland and Vancouver Island. They're excellent swimmers. If they can yeah. see it, they can swim to it. Yeah, and my son lives in Vancouver, and we had gone over in some um, mountain areas and had kind of hiked in through there, and we came down this one trail, and there was a huge male in a cougar standing directly behind this tree as we came down the hill. And he was not too happy about it. He wasn't. He didn't get aggressive. He was just kind of grumpy. I think he was more mad that I could hear him. I think that really surprised him, you know, and I was like, hey, you don't want me to see you. How about just cover up? You know, <laughs> you, know you don't want me seeing you cover up. Yeah, don't you know how to cloak, damn it? And they do. I had one in, in uh, White Cloud in Michigan. A friend of mine and I went down this dirt road and he was walking outside of the tree line. And I saw him, he was, he was uncloaked and I saw him and I stopped and I said to my friend, I said, look at that one over there. And she's like, oh my God, he's cool. He starts screaming in my head. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. You have no right to look at me. I should then cover your hairy blank up. <laughs> you don't want me to see it. Cover it up. Robin McRae's perverted Sasquatch hour. Well, Robin, th- Robin, and, and Duke, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Very much appreciate you guys doing this, guys. Oh, thank you. It's always fun here. Right on. We'll I'll see you back here on Thursday when yeah, you have you one will. of my favorite people on, uh, Bill Madden. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Duke, tell everybody where they can find World and Bigfoot thanks. Radio. World Bigfoot Radio on Rumble, BitChute, Odyssey, and, of course, YouTube. And you can also find my support groups on MeWe, World Bigfoot Central, and on Facebook, World Bigfoot Radio and Montana Bigfoot Project. And, Duke, thank you for asking me to come on with you. I appreciate it. Thanks for being here, Robin. Always. 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 Yeah, always. always We have fun together, all three of us, so it works out good. That is true. That is very, very <laughs> true. All right, everyone, it's time for Shirky Poo's news. What time is it? It's time for Shirky Poo's news. All right, let's get right to it. Um. 
Remember when Tom Hanks lived at an airport for months or was it years in the 2000s film, The Terminal? Well, a Rhode Island man did something similar in a shopping mall around the same time that movie came out. Michael Townsend moved into the Providence plans place mall in Rhode Island when he was evicted from his old property. Thomas explained the bizarre story on his website. During the Christmas season of 2003 and 2004, radio ads for the Providence Place Mall featured an enthusiastic female voice talking about how great it would be if we could all live at the mall. The central theme of the ads was that the mall not only provided a rich shopping experience, but had also all the things that one would need to survive and lead a healthy life. He added the new plan wasn't just to live at the mall for just a week. It was now simply to live in the mall. Townsend found an empty 750-square-foot room that wasn't in uh, open to the public and added a couch and a PlayStation. He says some of his friends even moved in. They were all artists and built a breeze block wall and utility door to stay hidden. The crazy thing is, Townsend said, it worked. They lived there for four years until being discovered by security guards. Townsend was charged with trespassing, but was given probation by a judge. He was banned from the mall for life. An Australian woman became a TikTok hit when she decided to put a strange decision on the social media platform. Allie filmed her preparation for a first date with a Tinder match and uploaded it. She also posted footage of the new couple walking on a beach out for dinner and then going to get tattoos. She captured the clip, This is your side to do this because it's too good for the plot. She also said that she didn't know what the tattoo was going to be until they arrived at the shop. The woman chose to get the ink on the back of her neck while her Tinder date opted for the inside of the forearm. Moving on, an American flight attendant was arrested for allegedly stealing a passenger's bracelet. The woman who worked for Republic Airways allegedly pilfered the bracelet from a transportation safety security uh, checkpoint. Crystal Nozal, a spokesperson for the Washington Airports Authority, said the owner of the jewelry reported an item worth around eight grand stolen. She told security workers that her bracelet was missing after she went through the TSA checkpoint. Members of the Metropolitan Washington Airports Authority Police Department of TSA looked at the video footage and noticed a second traveler in a flight attendant's uniform picking up the jewelry. Rebecca Valley has now been charged with one count of grand larceny. Now, we all know the Washington Commanders football team has been a tire fire of an organization over the years. A man who won $14,000 in a 50-50 raffle run by the NFL team said the check he received bounced. Well, that's not very good. Washington Post NFL reporter Nick Jabalava reported that a commander spokesperson said, we've reached out to the fan and sent an electric payment directly to his account. That's kind of embarrassing. Kind of embarrassing. Let's move on. If you're a nose picker and you're over the age of 65, beware. Yet, nose picking in your later years could lead to increased risk of Alzheimer's disease and dementia. 
Scientists from Australia's Griffith University say a new study shows that people at 65 or older picking their nose can lead to bacteria traveling via the nasal cavities, oil factory nerve, or olfactory nerve, and reaching the brain. From there, specifically chlamydia, pneumonia, bacteria linked to respiratory infections, including pneumonia, can create markers that are all telltale signs of Alzheimer's disease. And finally tonight, a burglary suspect who jumped into an Oklahoma pond after escaping police custody, well, he gets a Darwin Award because his heads were handcuffed behind his back, couldn't swim, and he drowned. Officers responded to reports of a break-in at an apartment complex clubhouse when they arrived, they found shattered front glass doors, which led to the suspect, who had apparently stripped off his wet clothing and was naked inside an office. The man was taken into custody, but managed to get free. As officers were continuing their investigation, the suspect made a break for it, kicked open the back door of the clubhouse, then jumped over a patio railing and into the pond. The officers immediately chased after the suspect and jumped into the water to try and rescue him, but the conditions were challenging, and he went under and did not resurface. Yep, that's karma. That's karma right there, causing the worst of the worst. But that's okay. Another bad one that we don't need on this planet. We got Mr. Ron Bubblefoot Thal. Rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Space Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Spreaker, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter... Hashtag Spaced Out Radio. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us because together, my friends, make a mistake. We're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night.